flies, 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 yeah. Flies, 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 yeah. That's a variation on lies. Thompson oh, Twins. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Welcome, mm-hmm. <laughs> loyal listeners to Dead and Lovely, the absolute greatest horror movie review podcast in all the known multiverse. That's Here true. with the host with the most why. It is I, the one who is called Uncle Ben. And it's me. Quiet Hollywood Steve. Oh, just taking it down a peg, are just we here? Just take it down a peg, just until right about... Hang on. Now. Woo! Ooh, it's man. It's me, Hollywood Steve. It's coming at you straight from house. the Hollywood Hills. Like a damn tornado. There for a second, I thought that maybe you'd been listening to too much Delilah again. Delilah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I think it's I forgot about how much we're supposed to hate her. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about that recently. I was like, it's been a really long time since yeah. we... Continued our smear campaign yeah. against Delilah. <laughs> what an amateur hour idiot she yeah, is. Yeah, for real. She's a moron. Man. Oh, you're going to like this next song because I'm going to put you to sleep before it even comes on. Yeah. Take that, Delilah. What a fucking loser. <laughs> you suck, Delilah. How you been this week, Steve? Uh, Man, pretty good. Yeah. I've done some taxes. Oh, it's tax day as we record this, yeah, man. Yeah, it is, yeah. Woof, how did that turn out for you? Um, Well, the, the federal taxes I filed like a week ago. This maybe. is like for California Yeah, taxes. I had put off the California yeah. state tax because, because I kept telling myself it's real easy, and it is. It's like a real quick thing. You yeah. just go to their, their website and like... It'll just be like what what is on line seventeen B of your ten forty form, and you just look at your federal taxes, put that in. It's done in like no time. Yeah. So I kept saying to myself, "Yeah, let's let's do that in the future." And then uh, the future is now. (laughs) Last night while we were watching (laughs) Game of Thrones, it was just hit me like taxes are coming. (laughs) Taxes are here. (laughs) But you got everything taken care of. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Okay, so my wife, uh, my wife, my wife, um, she she was off last night and w- super pumped about Game of Thrones as, as we all were. We all were, yeah. And so she was like, you know, let's get uh, let's get hammered and watch some Game of Thrones. Why not? So we're watching Game of Thrones, and you know, we both only had like wondering because it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, you want to be in the, the, you want to be in the throne zone. Yeah, uh, but it just hit me, and then after that. Uh, Emily was like, well, fuck it. Let's get drunk. Um, so <laughs> we we drank a good bit. Yeah. And then I, I woke up later, um, you know, today. And as soon as I woke up, I was like, what is going on? April. Oh, oh, fuck. What time is it? Yeah. <laughs> it just like started frantically like grabbing shit. Yep. Like, oh, my God. What is everything? Yeah. I've done that. Before Couldn't myself. remember the password yep. for like everything was just like what the shit. I have lived that day before. Yeah, yeah, there's like no day I fear more in life than tax day. Yeah, like as soon as it rolls over to a new year and it's like <laughs> January first, I'm like fuck, taxes are coming up. coming up. Yeah, as a yeah. self-employed person, it is yeah, always for you, just the fucking yeah. worst, man. You guys got an accountant this year, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. It's one of the more, that had to make it a whole lot easier, dude. It was one of the more pro moves. Yeah. I have ever achieved. Mm-hmm. It made everything 
so much easier yeah. and so much less hassle and stuff. Yeah. Plus, there's a matter of like a 401k that Kate had and stuff. I don't know how to deal with. So. I, I've had to deal with that with Emily. I've also yeah. had to deal with like uh, doing actual itemized deductions and yes. moving expenses, exactly. expenses, which you can't do anymore, by nope. the way. Thanks, Obama. Unless you're rich, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to exactly. make a certain amount of money and then your moving expenses are worth what i don't understand. i don't know dude all that you have to know anyway like, it's our, obama's our, fault that yeah. trump had to sign that tax law that <laughs> exactly he right. and his friends hastily wrote and no one read yeah exactly but yeah. all of them benefited from yeah our tax lady went over all the new tax stuff with us and it's yeah. just like it could not be more blatantly just about helping out trump's yep. friends that's it's all that fucking matters i was matters. surprised h&r block pointed that out i by the way fuck h&r block and, yeah, yeah. and tax prep and all those other places they're they're making our tax code bad like yeah. they 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 continue to fight to make sure that the tax code is never clear and easy to do and they also are trying to make it illegal for the government to ever create their own like uh way of e-filing for everyone well yeah because if you didn't need them they couldn't make money yeah but like every on everything where it was like I would normally have been able to do a deduction because again we had moving expenses yeah. this year uh, I I'd click on it and it'd be like it would explain it and then it would be like because of new tax laws and then like <laughs> like snarky fuck you, little poor start person. yeah <laughs> like fuck that. you you're poor <laughs> yeah dude it's garbage it, I mean it, it didn't end up being as I was worried we were gonna have to pay and, and yeah. we didn't so yeah. that was good. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky that I I had a, a number of new pieces of gear and stuff that I could write off from last yeah. year because otherwise I probably would have been pretty screwed. Yeah, Emily's uh, because we're paying for Emily to go to school. We're not using financial aid right yeah, now. Yeah, uh, all like that was well, we got a credit. Okay. We didn't get to deduct all of it, but it was a pretty good credit. It helped. Right on, yeah. man. Right on. Yeah, dude. Stressful times. I think a foot for for all of us between the tax stuff and then we're trying to get. All of our, our affairs in order to get our house like on the market. And Notre Dame was burning. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Holy cow, man! Forget your house issues. Notre <laughs> Dame was on fire. It's yeah, it's uh, it's in a bad way. It looks yeah. like it looks like they're having a bad time over yeah. there with it. That is too bad, man. Might be Quasimodo's fault. I mean, I'm not blaming him. The ghost of Quasimodo. The ghost of Quasimodo Sapphire. So, yeah. so we've been just like, you know, really deep cleaning the house as much as we can and all that jazz. Hmm. Been listening to a lot of podcasts while I do that. Oh, man. I went what on you a, been listening to? I went on a big old last podcast on the left bend, listened to okay. a ton of their stuff. I kind of like on and off with that show where I'll listen to a ton, then I'll listen to other stuff for a couple months. Then I'll come back and listen to a ton of their stuff again. Mm-hmm. I listened to their episode about uh, the R. Kelly shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Which was gross and strange. Yep. They had an episode that was about Finding Neverland. Wow. See also gross and strange. And uh, I listened to a a four-part series about rootin' tootin' Rasputin. (laughs) Pretty interesting. Uh, Yeah. Interesting character. Quite a wild guy. Yeah. And then I also listened to a uh, three-part series that they did on Yosef Mengele. Oh, boy. Which, I'm going to tell you this, Steve. He was a fucked up individual. Not a good guy. No. Oh, man. That really took the wind out of my sails. Yeah. Not yeah. good. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Last podcast on the left. A lot of fun to listen to this show, man. Go check them out sometime. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys watch A Game of Thrones? We did watch A Game of Thrones. And we're not going to spoil anything. Yeah, because it, it was just last night, so we don't want to spoil nothing real bad for y'all. I got two things to say about this final season. Is one of them, you killed a baby today. 
Uh, okay, I got three things okay. to say. Yeah. One of them is I killed a baby today, uh-huh. and then there's two other things that are unrelated to that baby death. Got it. <laughs> um. So, my first thing that I realized while watching the first episode of Game of Thrones, while I was just sitting there with my dumb grin on, really just having a great time, was. Yeah. Man, I don't care what happens in this season. Yeah? It's been a great show. It's been a great ride. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they fuck it up. I don't think they are. The first episode I enjoyed. It's not the destination. It's the journey is what you're saying. Hashtag blessed. Like, what's... what's, Like, in my mind, it's like, well... Like, the only ending I could really imagine that would be full-on upsetting is that it's just basically a everybody lives happily ever after ending like, yeah right right yeah um, they all agree to disagree and move along yeah. their ways like that'd be really disappointing yeah but i did come up with another uh theory okay, or a in, potential in, ending in addition to bollywood dance yeah. number okay yeah. so possible ending yeah. number two you so heard it here first on dead and lovely so instead of bollywood dance number okay uh <laughs> okay so Everybody decides to just be friends. Okay, yeah. And then they're all in the throne room and they're having just like, you know, basically um, the end of a romantic comedy. Yeah. Everybody just like celebrate by Casey and the Sunshine Band is playing. Yeah. And like in the background, you see like the the crown is just up on the wall and Tyrion slam dunks a mini basketball through it. I love it. Everybody's just like, no more monarchy. No more monarchy. The dragons are shooting at little cute flames out of their nose and they're like yeah. roasting marshmallows and, and things Ciri- on it. Cersei is just like, oh, you to the dragons. <laughs> um, I feel like that ending's unlikely. Yes. But boy, it'd be fun. I'd be pretty okay with mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I'd be pretty okay yeah. with it. I mean, honestly, like, even if the end of the show was everybody ignored the problems that were coming from north of the wall for mm-hmm. too long because they were quabbling among yeah. themselves and, and then they just failed. kill everybody. Yeah. I would be like, wow. Wowzers. Yeah. Like they, they warned us about this in the first mm. episode and they've just mm. been shuffling the feet since then. So this is what they get. You know, yeah. if they would have stuck together, they could have fixed it. Even that. I mean, everybody would be so pissed, but even yeah, that, but I'd be like, be like, it's pretty fucking that's pretty metal. great. Yeah. Pretty fucking metal, man. I'm waiting for an old friend. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's a Hannibal ending. Mm-mm. No, I, I was <laughs> sorry. It was a reference to the actual episode that happened. Oh, yeah, oh. somebody said that. Gotcha. And it was an interesting conclusion to that statement. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was indeed. It's I was happy great, with the episode. I, I really man. liked it. Um, I, it was a little like the there was one scene that was to me a little silly and longer than it should have been, but it okay. was also like take your time. Yeah, you're on. A, you're fucking. It's your victory lap, really, at this point. Like, because you made seven uh, amazing seasons of television. Yeah. You're on your victory lap. Like, you can be a little indulgent of just, like, we're all happy that this is happening. Yeah, like, totally, totally. We're all cool with this. You know, it's it was interesting watching it because I just realized the first time that I had been watching Game of Thrones and, like, not known what was going on. Yeah. It's been, I think it was, like, 500-something days yeah. since the last new episode aired. Uh-huh. And, you know, we've been watching the reruns and stuff lately yeah. trying to get caught back up. Oh, yeah. And you see new stuff every time, but yeah, it's to be not a totally new episode. totally new territory. Yeah. We're like, I have no idea what's about to happen. Oh, shit. It was really fun just to be back in that unsure, uncertain zone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I was satisfied with it. I saw a bunch of people that were like, nothing happened. 
What the fuck was supposed I, to What did you watch? You have to set up the rest of the season. Did you see the preview for the next one? It looks like it's gonna something's gonna happen. Looks like stuff's about to happen. And probably. then I imagine that third episode's gonna be a whole lot of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What else you been watching? Well, <laughs> that night, I, as we were drinking, um, I asked my wife, what, what do you want to watch? And we were watching Drunk History. Yeah, always good And choice. Uh, one of the newest episodes of Drunk History, they talk about the real events that became the play that became Chicago. Okay, yeah. It is. Uh, it happens often that my wife, when we are drinking, uh, will suddenly ask if I either want to watch a Marilyn Monroe movie or Chicago. Um, and so as we were hearing about Chicago, she was just like, I want to watch Chicago. It's a sign. I've never seen Chicago. Yeah. And every time I just say, I don't want to watch it's Chicago. It's with like Queen Latifah and yeah. Richard Gere and all these right. cats and stuff in it, right? Yes. So finally, I guess I was just like, you know, whatever. Let's watch it. This is in good mood. How was it? Loved it. That's interesting. Absolutely loved it. Because like me, you're not, a, you're not a musical man. I'm not a musical man, and I figured out while watching it why that is. Okay. I'd like to know um, because I, I also don't like musicals right. and I'm not exactly certain why. I think well for me this is why I don't like them is because um, when I'm watching a movie or a television show I mean I'm not saying this is how I've been my whole life but now when I'm watching it I'm thinking of how they made the scene. Okay. I'm thinking yeah. of like the behind the scenes stuff and thinking mm-hmm. of like you know how they talked about the blocking and stuff before and like did it work or whatever. With a musical, I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend how mm. a scene like that comes together because right. it is so much going on. Oh yeah, and it yeah. is just like like you're telling story in song while also there's dancing going on and everything else in the background, and it's just like how does that all come together? Right. I, yeah, like yeah. when do you say cut? Right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like, a good point. Yeah, when you're shooting that. Yeah, so I can't comprehend it. So for me, it's uncomfortable, I think. When I'm watching a musical, I'm just like... Does not compute. Even though it's like every time I just watch a musical, I... Not every time, but most times I end up liking it. Like, um, I, I, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Saw that. I, saw I that enjoy a Sweeney live, Todd. Yeah, I enjoy And I was like, Todd. man, this is great. Yeah. Um, I really love the... The South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's same. a musical. That one I do love as well. And Cannibal the Musical, also by also Trey Parker Matt. Let's Stone. Build a Snowman. Yeah, yeah but, that's a yeah. fantastic one. There are a number of musicals I really like. I just, I'm always, I think I'm just afraid to watch them because I don't know how they work. I don't know how to put them together. Yeah. And can't imagine ever being able to fully understand it because I don't get dancing very well. <laughs> right, yeah. But I know, like, the dancing in Chicago is like, all of this is expressing all sorts of stuff i'm getting it i'm loving it. i'm digging it i don't know how they did that right <laughs> it's mind-blowing that's an interesting point i've never really considered just how much storyboarding and blocking and yes. all that stuff goes crazy in. Like, how many takes and then editing that stuff oh together oh my god syncing it with the music it has to be really really yeah. awful now that you think about it yeah hmm I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. We had ourselves another uh, Joe Bob Brig chat happened the other night. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we- Dave, uh, Dave uh, Bechet set it up. Yeah. And it was a fun time. Um, what was being watched? Oh, boy. You had to ask me that, huh? Look at it. Because um, 
Dave Bechet told me uh, probably 25, 30 minutes before the stream that he was already drinking. I took that as a challenge. So Yeah, exactly. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. Right I know back that up to him. the Changeling was the second movie, okay. and I thought that was a mistake because the Changeling is a slow movie. I've never seen and it. And people watching the, the last drive-in, they're drinking and watching Joe Bob and watching movies. Yeah, and chatting with the dead. Yeah, bubbles. by the second movie, you need to have something speedier. The first one was Deathgasm. Deathgasm. Uh, no, it's like a heavy metal thing, right? Yeah. I heard that it was a blast. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's not it's not the new, and it, it it's almost blatantly ripping off some stuff like okay. Metalocalypse and and a lot of other stuff. But it's also fun. So I accidentally a guy gets uh, killed with a big black rubber dildo. Oh, that's always a good yeah. thing. Yeah, that's never a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally signed myself out of the group chat. So I'm going to need like another invite from whoever sets those things up. Okay. Because I was out and my phone happen. was like almost dead. Yeah. And it just kept popping up notifications like over oh, and over man. and over. Yeah. And I'm like, my phone's going to die. Right. And so I went to like mute conversation, whatever. And it's like, okay, move to your archives or like move to somewhere that you can't find it if you're using your fucking phone. Right. The messenger app sucks. Yeah, it does. It really does. Terrible. Terrible. I don't really know how to navigate it well. No. Yeah. So and it, I don't like it because Facebook's collecting information from it. Absolutely so. Ugh, yeah. So sorry if I've not been on there hanging out with you guys. I uh, can't get in. I'm knocking. You keep I on can't knocking. Get in, but man. Turns out, just can't get in. That's what they say. That's what mm-hmm. they say. I watched the uh, first episode of the new season of Queer Eye. Oh yeah. Well, which, you guys were watching it when I came in. You're damn right yeah. we were, and it was just. Just lovely. fantastic. Yep, they seemed like a lovely couple there. Just a good old show. Just a good old boys. Never meaning no harm. <laughs> well, it looks like M. Gay Boys is at it again. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that if Waylon yeah. Jennings I would be very okay would come with in that. as the narrator during Queer Eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, man. What else you saying? Anything good? Yeah, well, I watched Jason X. Oh, okay. Specifically so. because Cronenberg is in it and we're doing a Cronenberg movie and it just hit me because it's they're on uh, the the Jason movies are on yeah, Netflix yeah. not the Friday the 13th movies right which I recently learned there was a reason there's like some sort of like uh, rights dispute yep. about the the title of Friday the 13th so they had they still had the rights to the Jason character so it's named Jason goes to hell. Jason versus Freddy and Jason X, like the artist formerly known yeah. as Jason, right? Stuff like that. But Jason X is, um, boy, I said when we watched the third <laughs> one that it was the worst. Yeah, Jason X is, Jason X is the worst. That's your lowdown yeah. worst on the totem pole. Is Jason it is, X? It's obvious that it comes from a script that was not supposed to be about Jason Voorhees. Oh, really? It's so obvious to me that like the guy, like reading up on it, the guy pitched the script. He just gave his first pitch to them and they're like, okay, good. Go with that. (laughs) I don't know. Just make it. Yeah. And it seems to me that he had written uh, maybe an interesting idea script about a serial killer who gets frozen and thawed in the future to be like have its brain studied or something and then he goes on a rampage in the spaceship killing people that's interesting okay yeah that works but then they just turned it into jason but what if it's jason and then just kept making like stupid references to the friday the 13th movies including like 
they really dig into the stupid idea that like smoking weed or having sex is like the thing that angers Jason. Yeah, yeah, he no lucky that. Yeah, whereas it seems in the earlier movies that it's just like, well, that's just what kids do, and Jason just wants to kill kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they're out doing kid stuff. Yeah, it has some good kills in there. Though. It really does, and you know why? One of our uh, special effects guys from The Fly. Was the special effects guy for it? Oh no, kidding! Yeah, well, no wonder they turned it out looks so great. Good. That that and it does have where... some fun stuff, but it's just like to me, it's like for as a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Yeah, it's not a, a Friday the Thirteenth. You movie. can't camp in space. You cannot camp in, in space. space. No one can hear you camp. <laughs> That's what they should have called it. Really, they should have called. They it also that. say that you know whatever you take into space, you need to pack it back out. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Don't litter in space. Mm-mm. It's Can't all we have. <laughs> I love the nitrogen head smash yeah, thing. That's the first kill. Is well, it? The, well, it's the first kill in the future. There's like the past setup where there's some kills. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Cronenberg's <laughs> not a great actor. Who is he in the fucking movie? Uh, he's he plays like a, a guy who's from the Crystal Lake project or whatever. Okay. And he comes because, you know, uh, they have caught Jason. And he comes to like, I don't know, do whatever they're supposed to do with him. Mm-hmm. And then they freeze him. And then he's gone. No more Cronenberg. I don't know why. Like, I guess it was just because he's friends with the dudes who did the, the special effects. And they were like, hey, you want a job? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, sure, whatever. Huh. But I mean, like, he also wasn't great in Nightbreed. But, you know, he's still awesome. Hey, he's David Cronenberg. He's still fucking David Cronenberg. I'll, I'll drink to that, Steve. Yeah. Let's have us a local brew that was sent to us from Michigan from the Marble. Oh, that one, no, that one's from New Mexico. New Mexico is exactly what I said. Yeah. This is the Marble <laughs> India Pale Ale brewed in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. I'm excited to try this out. We've enjoyed some of these other beers that were sent to us from Marble Brewery. I just caught it like a, a good whiff of it. Good Lord, this is an 8.8%. Are you serious? Holy moly. Wow. That is a strong burr right it there. It smells nice and citrusy. I'm yeah. digging it. We got a nice orange, ambery color on this thing. What's that do for you? Man, it's a good beer. Does it do work? Yeah. That's just a solid IPA right there. A little smoky. It's got. Uh, you know what? I tend to agree with that. Yep. Yeah. It's got yeah, some that's good just sort of pineiness, resiny. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little like dogfish head-ish mm-hmm. to me. Kind of yeah, has some similar which is flavors. A positive to this. comparison. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. always okay with that. It kind of has like a little bit of that kind of molassesy, malty kind of thing going to it. Yeah, which some of those sure like um, like the sixty and ninety minute. You know, this is the second one we've had from them. We had another one that was it like a red. Yeah, yeah. I think we like did a, that one during a video, maybe. Yeah, I think it was like a rye yeah. IPA or something like that. Man, good stuff, man. Good job. Way to go, Marvel. Also for eight point eight. Yeah, it, that is surprising. It doesn't taste boozy at all. It don't taste like no booze at all, mm-hmm. man. Pretty dang impressive mm-hmm. stuff. Now, Steve, I believe that you know I we believe, got a little. I believe. I believe. <laughs> we got to announce like a little change of like movie plans. That we were yeah. going to do for some future episodes here, right? Yeah. Okay. So interesting, fun story. Um, we were going to do an American Werewolf in London mm-hmm. um, next week. Yeah. And then uh, Good Morning Nancy, which mm-hmm. is another horror podcast, which uh, is wonderful. Yeah. And they're great. And they are very friends. intelligent and know what they're talking about. Definitely. Definitely check them out. They, um, they, had just announced that they were doing an American Werewolf in London. So I was like, I don't want to like 
you know, uh, podcasts I respect. I don't want to like step on their toes. Yeah, sure. Like, I don't want to release. We don't them. respect. Yeah, fuck them. Bring on them toes. We'll stop <laughs> the you. shit out yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, but the good ones, yeah. we want it. We want to like, work together here. I'm talking if these jobbers are coming at us like, hey, we just did that. It's like Stone hey, Cold Stunner. Stone, Stone Cold, Cold Stunner. Stunner. Yeah. yeah. But this is like main card stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. So we then, um, uh, so we did, I did some moving around and then we decided to have a vote to see what we would do this week. And the fly won the vote. And I was like, awesome. And I went on Instagram that day and saw Good Morning Nancy just last week did the fucking fly. Son of the bitch. Um, Son and, of a bitch. And so, like, I'm apologizing, saying we didn't want to step on your toes. I w- actually messaged them directly. I'm not yeah. saying it just on our show. I messaged them directly and apologized to him. And they were really nice and kind about it. So uh, we were not trying to fuck with Good Morning Nancy. So if you listen to our show and you want a second opinion about the fly, maybe from people who may or may not have cooties. Yeah, well, they are women. So unless they got their cootie shot. And I'm not sure. Does that work on women? I can't confirm. Also, does deny. that cause autism? <laughs> the cooties vaccine. <laughs> Well, if you want to hear some possibly cootie-infested or cootie-free opinions on the fly, be sure yeah. to check out their episode. Tell check them, Drab and Blubbly sent you. <laughs> now, Steve, um, I'll tell you one thing about David Cronenberg's tell me some. L Fly. Tell me. Man, Steve, it's gross. <laughs> this movie gross. This, I, um, I saw this as a kid, uh, probably, probably 1987 is yeah. when it came out on VHS. So I remember watching it. Uh, I was a, a real little kid watching it sitting in my aunt and uncle's uh, living room on the floor with my cousins, which is something we used to do pretty regularly on Friday nights as they would rent a horror movie. And we'd all watch it um, and watching this and not being scared by it, but just being real grossed out by yeah. it to the point of like, I didn't watch it again until I don't know, 28 29 yeah because it just grossed me out so much i mean now watching it it is gross but it doesn't have the same effect it just hit me as a kid with the right things yeah. specifically the peeling off of fingernails, fingernails stuff and the pulling out of teeth oh god that yes fucked with me it still fucks with me my entire life well that's the thing about i think a lot of the body horror stuff which is of course like cronenberg's speciality is the way that it draws attention to how gross parts of our anatomy that we just kind yep. of ignore mm-hmm. really are. I mean, your teeth are parts of your skull that are just sticking out. Yep, that's true. You know, our fingernails and stuff are just these disgusting things that yep. just keep generating out and they're, they're made out of the same made, stuff as your hair. And, and, which is also made by the, out of the same stuff as, as a crab shell <laughs> and a rhinoceros's horn. Yeah, like. and it's already dead when it comes out of you and it just yeah. keeps getting pushed out so more and more. Yeah, so I think that the body horror stuff just kind of you know, to anybody of any age makes you think about those things, you yeah. know? I mean, by the time that you saw this, you'd already seen Jason cut God knows how many teenagers oh, in yeah. half and well, stuff. Well, yeah, I was only like six, but yes, I had. Yeah. those movies almost all are like, they're probably like five or six of them out by the time I was six or seven. Yeah. So like, yeah, I'd seen all that and that was, I don't know. It's just, it's not, 
it's not gross in that same way, is it? No, yeah. huh, not at all. But let's talk about gross movies, baby. I think as we just step on into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Wow, that was like an upgraded little preview palace jingle. Dude. Well, I mean, nice. it's because of the way. I'll say it normal ways. Okay. Welcome to the preview palace. I don't know. They're both good. All I'm right. not going to say one's better than the other. A little Vote variety on is it. okay. Text 211 for yes. Text 212 for three. You heard it here, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rate and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I think before we start uh, reviewing the fly, I just want to spend a little bit of time here and maybe talk about some other flicks that we've seen. That are gross? That are gross. <laughs> that just really fucking gross <laughs> us out. Now, that was, that was an idea that you proposed yeah. on the phone the other day. And after you did, like one of the first <laughs> flicks that kind of popped into my head yeah. was uh, Slither. Yeah. Which is by old James Gunn. Yes, way is. before Guardians of the Galaxy. Back yeah. when he was just making inappropriate Twitter jokes that would later get him in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, and back then, in those and days, then untroubled. Yeah, he's <laughs> now back. Forgot. Dude, Disney was so just like you know what we're gonna say you're not on the project. It, Trump yeah. will say something worse than you. Yeah, then we'll get you back on. Just wait a little while. Well, and it was also uh, like it was a concentrated effort by people who wanted to own the libs to just try to get them to fire him for yeah. just off color jokes he made like six years ago even like honestly reading most of the jokes it was like i don't care if he made that yesterday yeah like it's just a fucking joke like yeah exactly relax it's different than yeah. grabbed by the pussy or something exactly like that. yes <laughs> exactly that you know it's like yeah. it's a fucking joke Come yeah on. like if trump had said that as a joke i would i would be one of those people who's like yeah no like if he had been like i don't know if there'd been some layer of irony on it right right right. like if he had been like like lincoln knew he was ugly like if trump had been like yeah i just grabbed him by the pussy you know me yeah. And then they were like, no, you don't, you ugly old bastard. Yeah, that would never work. Yeah. But no, he was just bragging no, about he's sexual just assault. just a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Slither is Slither's, a real gross movie. It is. I it's, love it. I we, love the, I, it's got a good humor to it, too, because we got Nathan Fillion, yeah. Michael Rooker. Uh-huh. Um, who else is in that? Crap. Got a bunch of people. I can't remember all the, all the folks yeah, that's in there. Yeah, so many great people in that. And it totally plays up the whole. Oh, Elizabeth Banks is in that. Elizabeth isn't Banks she? is in there. Yeah. yeah. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And it's gross, but still funny and campy and has great yeah. special effects. But dude, like yeah. some of those scenes, like there's a scene where Michael Rooker, I think is like, is he going to have sex with Elizabeth uh-huh. Banks? Uh-huh. And like that shit's like yeah. poking out of his stomach. Yeah. It's, it's so nasty. Mm-hmm. It's so nasty. Well, you know what, Ben? Another movie that I thought of and is completely directly related to this because when we watched it my wife said oh so james gunn just watched this movie and then made slither oh society society they're we so about that, similar I think last week, in yeah. their in their like gross in the way that they're gross yeah yeah um but completely different stories and stuff sure sure, sure. but uh society man like but you know now that now that you mentioned that i'm remembering at the very end of slither there's the guy who just becomes like the big like ball mm-hmm. with like a face on it yeah that does and he's just like this skin mask yeah thing. it looks like the shunting it does kind of yeah. look like that shunting yeah mm-hmm. huh which you said also reminds you of like garbage kids yes which it completely yeah. does yeah man. especially the guy when he's the butthead yeah like he does look like he would be butthead brandon like the yeah. garbage pail kid butthead brandon dude it is such a fucking speaking weird of movie. disgusting movies garbage pail kids i never also saw a movie that not ever worth watching no so fucking bad i, heard I that loved it, it as a kid 
<laughs> I I never was allowed to have garbage pail kids. Yeah. Never. I think my brother brought home some of the cards from like school one day. Yeah. And my mom was just like, absolutely not ever. <laughs> she found them very, very offensive. I never I, saw them. My mom bought them for us all the time. My mom thought they were hilarious. <laughs> um, and I wish I still had them. Because yeah. like, I, I would take the sticker off, you okay. know, instead of saving it like a person who had any vision for the future because <laughs> they they are worth some money yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah i just put them all over stuff lunch boxes and stuff pro move yeah pro move i think that uh that evil dead remake oh my god we could say gross evil uh, evil dead one or two but that evil dead remake it it takes the cake in terms of just like how fucking nasty and brutal some of that stuff is i mean i could also say it's just one of the most brutal horror flicks that I've ever seen, but also there's yeah. just so much stuff in there that's just gross. Gross, dude. The, that, like, the needle to the eye thing, that's gross, but that's been done in other movies, but then when he's just getting stabbed with a needle over and over and over, uh, oh gosh, uh, that just like, because like, I don't have a fear of getting like inoculation shots, like a, mu a muscle shot doesn't yeah. bother me at all, right? but like into the vein, yeah, and yeah. Like needles in my mind are scarier than knives, mm -hmm. even though I know a knife would hurt way more. Sure. It, like consciously, it's like, yeah, a knife would hurt way more, but like, man, just like a needle going in you over and over and over. Like, hard oh, pass. Oh, Jesus. Uh, what was like that a, scene in? Uh, was it in Saw 3 where there's like the pit of like hypodermic uh, needles? Oh, like that was God, nasty. That's yeah. so gross. Yeah. yeah. Like those movies. The Saw movies? Yeah, I don't generally find very gross, but, but that, they got some creative stuff. Yeah, yeah. they that got some to gross me stuff was in there. Truly, yeah. truly, just warped and gross. Mm -hmm. The needle pit. Oh, so bad, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's one of those that just makes you fucking squirm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, Evil Dead remake, amazing. That yeah. the chick has to cut her arm off with like a bread knife. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there, she like cuts her tongue in half or something oh, awful. God. Just gross, man. So what a great. Yeah, that's a great movie. You can't talk about some of the grossest flicks ever made and not talk about Dead Alive, a.k.a. <laughs> brain, brain Dead? Is brain right? Dead, yeah. By Peter Jackson, yeah. way before The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he was making gross, uh, crazy, comedic, insane yeah. stuff, but just gross. Like that, the ending is just a bloodbath. It's unbelievable. Uh -huh. It's absolutely unreal. Guy straps a, a lawnmower to his chest and just runs through a mansion full of zombies. <laughs> And I mean, he's like ankle deep in just gunk and gore and rot. Well, see, that's, the thing is, I saw that as a kid. Pro they're about the same. Uh, the fly and that came around the same time. Yeah. And that one I just loved and thought was hilarious. There's, it is it's gross. It's so stupid. Yeah. But it's just so dumb that it's like, you don't even register how gross it is in comparison to the priest with <laughs> doing the kung fu in the cemetery <laughs> like what the scene in that that always got me was that that dinner scene mm. where he's trying to like feed all the zombies and oh, like the god. food's just falling out their necks yeah. and stuff oh god oh, but it's like also so weirdly funny where you're yeah. watching it and your stomach is turning and you're laughing at well, the same time i mean it's the main the main character it's the actor the way he's portraying it like he's he's good at being sort of cartoonish um, and, and it is like 
<laughs> it's, it's like one of those movies where the dad's left with all the kids and they're all like little babies and stuff and he's like running all over the place and yeah know. like it's like that but with zombies <laughs> pretty much and it's real gross <laughs> you know one that that didn't make our list here but i'll just add in because it does have some fun just hilariously gross stuff in it is street mm. trash oh yeah you watch street trash street trash is disgusting dude there there's like the big fat nasty guy that like that corpse washes up on the beach and he's like maybe i have sex with it Ooh. do you remember that yeah it's so nasty Yikes. that's just a scuzzy ass movie yes it just is just in general that is just a grimy <laughs> gross flick nothing in there is particularly gory or anything but you just feel like yeah. you definitely want to wash your hands and yeah you know take a shower after maybe you see just that one. take a bath and uh purell yeah maybe it's one of those times <laughs> what comes up on your list when you think about some gross um, this one is one that not a lot of people have seen all right um but I, I would say our Aussie listeners maybe have seen. Okay. Because uh, it's an Australian movie. I, I, I. Oh, not that Aussie. Not that one. Different Aussie. Uh, it's called Snowtown in Australia and, and most, uh, I would say, Europe. And here it's Snowtown Murders. So I don't know about this. It's based on a true story. You can just look up Snowtown Murders and read the true story. Based okay. on a true story, basically, of this guy who. Um, moves in with his girlfriend and turns one of her kids into a person who helps him kill people that he claims are pedophiles and he also gets other people involved like he's it's he's very manipulative and mm. like psychopathic but yeah. like the thing about the movie that's disgusting is i mean it's so realistic yeah like at one point he like kills a kangaroo and and like chops it up and goes and like throws the guts and shit all over this guy's door holy to cow. let him know like i know you're a pedophile and we're gonna murder you oh um, jesus and it's like real kangaroo guts oh, and shit i heard about this yeah, yeah like it really was like it an yeah. actual kangaroo yeah it's real gross it, but that's not even the scene that does it for me there is a scene where it looks like a person is actually being killed like they did it so realistically Ugh. and it's this long single take of a person literally being choked yeah it, it, for long enough that you would think he might be Holy dead cow. yeah and but you're like, like maybe they hit it in plain sight like they did with opera yeah. with that guy getting <laughs> right. stabbed right no, I, I think it's just real great acting and, yeah. and just knowing how to put it together right um, but it it grossed me out watching it because I was yeah. like what, is this going to end? Right, is yeah. It, is this still happening? Like what the fuck? Is the movie good? Oh it's great. I really? loved it. Yeah I loved it so much. I checked that one out. That mm. kind of reminds me of how I felt Whenever I watched a movie I've mentioned many times on the on the show, Irreversible, Ugh, uh, yeah. unwatchable, just don't watch yeah. Irreversible. I've mentioned well, this the, many the times. The title tells you what it is. Yeah, you, yeah. You can't go back after you've seen it. Yep, you yeah. won't be able to erase the stuff of that movie yeah. after you see I it. I haven't you don't, seen it. You don't want to see yeah. it. You really, really don't. For me, it's still currently reversible. Yeah, As exactly. I, I could be walking <laughs> yeah. walking up to turn the movie on and be like, not gonna do it. Sliding doors. Mm -hmm. Sliding doors. <laughs> <laughs> your version where it's like you could watch your versatile or not. Or not. Yeah. And yeah. then Gwyneth Paltrow shows up. <laughs> She's like, do you want to put one of these stones in your vagina? <laughs> okay, goop, gotcha. It's, uh, it's an awful movie. It's just horrible. Uh, mm -hmm. Reminds you of just all the worst things about being a human. Yeah. But there's also a kill scene in that that's mm -hmm. like what you're saying, where you're like, I guess they actually killed somebody yeah. to make this I movie. I guess the person just died. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, a guy getting his uh, face opera smashed. Opera had with that a, too. Yeah, this guy got oh, stabbed. God, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. 
uh, this guy gets his face smashed in with a fire hydrant, and it's the most Damn. convincing, disgusting thing I've ever yeah. seen in a movie. It's so awful, man. Yeah, don't watch that movie. Uh-huh. You know, speaking of another Argento, that scene at the end of Phenomena where she falls into like the oh, gore in pit. The guts. Uh, oh, so and their maggots. Oh, yeah, God, dude. Yeah, like, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. I love Phenomena yeah, so much, dude. It's such a weird movie. Uh, Most of it's not gross, but that yeah, scene is really that's actually gross. The genius of, of that movie is that it the lead up is does not prepare you for how gross the ending is going to be. Dude, like the last 15 minutes of that movie are just batshit insane. Yeah. I mean, not that the rest <laughs> of the movie has been super normal right. up to that point. Yeah, there, there's a man who has a monkey as a help helper and he also has a laser pointer he uses to tell that monkey what to get. Uh-huh. And there's a boy who has a little fish face. Oh, and a girl who talks to insects. That might be like number one. <laughs> Total fever dream of a movie. Right. Real gross part at the end. Uh, you know, one, Steve, that I watched years ago that kind of stuck with me, mm-hmm. and I was not really able to shake off for a very long time, although I've gone back and rewatched it, and I think I've definitely been desensitized quite a bit, Okay, because uh, it didn't bug me near as much, but uh, the unrated cut of Ichi the Killer Ooh, by Takashi yeah. Miyake. Yeah. Uh, well, really, really gross. We, I mean, we, we could say so many things he's done. <laughs> yeah, Audition, also yeah. disgusting. Um, yeah, well, the, the Masters Q. of Horror episode. Oh, yeah. He did, yeah. did he do Dumplings? Was that him? No, no, no. The oh, one with the, the... Imprint. The, imprint. Imprint, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Also very gross. Yeah, so. guy has a flair for making you feel yep. yucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we covered Audition. I actually just posted that as because we're going through our backlog and posting old episodes on our YouTube. Right. I just posted Audition That's today. That's a good episode. Yeah, it yeah, was a good episode. episode. good stuff in there. Yeah, that was actually one where that we was number four. Yeah. That was where we were starting getting a groove. That's where we got our groove back from that Stella. Is, yeah. Stella had our groove the whole time. <laughs> we took it back. Yeah. They didn't say that in how Stella got her groove back. It was actually how Stella stole her groove from Ben and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking it back. We're taking it back. Yeah. Uh, Ichi the Killer has some really... Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. It's, it's kind of odd because there's some violence and stuff in the movie that's very ridiculous and silly and over yeah. the top. And then there's also some stuff that is just hardcore disgusting yeah. especially a lot of stuff towards women there's a lot of stuff of women just getting mm, the absolute mm-hmm. shit kicked out of them yeah that is not fun a chick gets like her nipples stretched and cut off by oh, like a razor blade yeah, yeah, yeah. oh dude the first and it, it's out of nowhere too so you yeah. can't brace yourself it just hits the screen you're like wait what's happening oh oh god i just saw that <laughs> here yeah here you go Look can't at erase that, that now yeah. yeah it's bad man mm-hmm. it's bad it's uh, it's a silly, strange fucking movie, Steve. Uh huh. It's really, really, really weird. So yeah, I don't know. What's next um, for you? For me, um, this one is almost impossible for me to watch anymore. Yeah. Even though I love Stanley Kubrick, and it is a gorgeously made film, and the soundtrack is perfect. Yeah. Clockwork Orange is impossible for me to watch it's a it's a rough watch steve a lot of raping it'd be a lot of raping in that movie yeah i think a lot of it had to do with uh getting married i mean because there's a scene where a man's wife is raped in front of him and for me now that is a very visceral possible like reality about that and it's just like that's uh, that's no. not entertainment not folks. entertainment <laughs> that's just disgusting i feel gross it's been a long time since i watched that yeah. it's been a really long time i remember as you said just thinking it was gorgeous and stuff yeah. but at the, the aesthetic same time, is real cool oh, like, yeah yeah i like the the warriors style gangs it came before warriors but, right 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 yeah right. yeah 
But yeah, at the same time, I just remember watching it and going, man, alive, this is yeah. warped. Yep. Super, it's real super bad. strange. And it's... It's uh, it has a happy ending for the one of the most vile people ever. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. To see that guy get his happy ending, it just you walk away from it like, ugh, god. Right. That's one of those that I wonder how it will how it will age, considering yeah how current climates and stuff are moving along. The book is amazing. Is I it? read yeah I read the book uh, when I was like eighteen or so. I yeah. had seen the movie and the book. I mean yeah I mean a, a, a ton of the book is translated into the movie, but the book the book is more focused in some ways on making sure you get why it's saying all these things and showing you all these things whereas the movie is more like it's for you to interpret yeah yeah. like i I don't i don't care if you get the message and i'm not sure what the message of the movie is but the book (laughs) book's got a more clear message right on i need to watch it again or maybe not yeah probably not maybe i don't Dude, one of the ones that hit me immediately when I was thinking about stuff that grosses me out, not even a horror movie, yeah. but 127 Hours, <laughs> James Franco. Did that really fuck with you? Holy fucking shit. I loved shit. that movie. It was very tense. It, it was yeah. great. Like Honestly, that was one of those ones that I just remember hearing, yeah, it's about this guy gets stuck under a rock for 127 hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how in the world is that going to be any good at all? And you're like, man, I can't imagine. When is the helicopter going to show up to take the rock off of him? <laughs> You'll say. <laughs> not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Dude, that scene, you know, obviously, if you know anything about it, you know he has to cut his own arm off. Yeah, like and it's based off a true story about an actual person who had to do it. Dude, when it's getting to that part, specifically when he has to cut that fucking tendon in his arm. Oh, God. And it makes that like, it sounds like you're playing um, uh, what is it? What's the board game? Operation. Uh Uh-huh. It makes that buzzing noise when he hits it. Yeah. And you can just imagine the electricity that would shoot Mm -hmm. through your body as you were doing that. Which, you know, of course, as somebody whose hands are their livelihood. Right. Just the the thought Ugh. of cutting my own arm off with a pocket yeah. knife. Good God Almighty, dude! That movie. That was one of those ones that I was absolutely like curled yeah. up into a ball, like watching through my fingers. The part in there that really gets me because I've never broken a bone, and it's a major oh, really? fear of mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is when he has to break it before he oh, cuts dude. it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the that sound too. it makes. Very and like accurate, I, yeah. I uh, watched an interview with the actual guy, and he was like, it was so loud, like <laughs> just like echoing in the canyon, the <laughs> sound of your own arm breaking. <laughs> dude, did you see that that footage of that gymnast a couple weeks ago that like did? Uh, it was a, a young female gymnast, and she did this crazy floor routine. And landed some huge jump and broke both of her shins. No, dude, it's unbelievably no. bad. Yeah, I saw it like a week or so she ago. Got, she d- double Sid vicious. The double Sid vicious, dude. <laughs> I mean, full on double Sid vicious. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, I love watching any of those like wrestle botches. Like mm-hmm. when Sid breaks his leg, it's so <laughs> gross, dude. Oh my lord almighty, it's so bad. All right. Yeah, so 127 hours, just unbelievably gross to there's me. There's one that <laughs> grosses me out, and it's not even a fear I have in real life. Uh, okay, arachnophobia. Okay, I can get behind this because I absolutely do loathe spiders. I fucking hate spiders. And it's one of those things, man, where it's a combination of... 
like a fear thing and a grossed out thing. Like yeah. I want to, I want to vomit on them and run away. I'm grossed <laughs> out by them. I'm not afraid of them. Okay. Yeah. But pictures of spiders, especially pictures, Ugh. up close pictures of spider They're eyes and or pictures of one of those spiders that carry their babies. On uh, the it was absolutely worse. Blech. They make me want to die. And so a movie that's just about like the worst elements of spiders. Yeah. And it they they have that noise that they make. It's like a chittering, yeah, noise. chittering kind of oh, thing. God. And they lure you in with America's sweetheart, John Goodman. Yeah, you're like John Goodman. This is gonna cause like I loved Raising Arizona as a kid and I loved Roseanne. Yeah. Um and so watching it, I was like, John Goodman, awesome. And then it's like, Spiders gross. Yeah, dude. I want to die. It just makes me fucking feel gross whenever I watch that movie. It's also, fun. I do remember, I always remember this. Arachnophobia. I had yeah. rented it. Um, I lived in Morristown at the time, so I rented it from a place next to Kmart. Mm-hmm. This, I don't know if you remember that they would have commercials sometimes before movies like especially rental movies oh yeah they'd be it wouldn't like just the, be like previews but they'd have like a commercial about like like the pizza commercial before yeah. home alone yes yeah yeah exactly well the arachnophobia had a commercial for uh pepsi flavored pepsis like they had like a <laughs> raspberry flavor and all this stuff and i remember being like Man, that'd probably be great. Raspberry Pepsi. Yeah. I was so excited for it, and I got my mom to get it, and it was disgusting. <laughs> Dude, that was always the worst when you were a kid, is like, you'd be sold some amazing yeah. new product on TV. Yeah, like, that's, that's the best, obviously. Yeah, and we were poor, and didn't, I didn't have yeah. money of my own, so I'd have to, Couldn't like, afford, really, like, really, like, vouch really, for this thing, yeah. you know? It's like, this is going to be really good. Let's do it. Let's try it. Then you get it. It's like, it sucks. Oh, goddamn. That, well, I've told this story during the Home Alone episode. Yeah. The Power Glove. The Power that I got Glove. for Christmas, which. Same deal. First off, expensive as fuck and a real big deal for my mom to get it for me. Yeah. And then didn't, they just didn't do any, they didn't work. Total piece of shit. Ugh. Total piece of garbage, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, Steve, there's a couple on here that we, you know, I'd say a lot of our listeners are going, oh my God, how did you not include a Serbian, a film? Serbian film? I haven't seen it because I just I'm not going to watch I, it. I, I, have no I know interest. what happens in it. It's gross. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where I've read the description and stuff and it's like, this is made just to be yucky yeah. and gross. And to yes. me, that's just very like immature childish. and childish. Yeah, it is. You know? It's like edgelordy. Like, just yes, like, exactly. Yeah, we could come up with the most disgusting What if a thing? guy has to fuck his own kid? Or huh? hostile. Like, I don't care yeah. about those movies. Yeah, like torture porn stuff, it's like neither of us are just really into that no. kind of thing very much. No, we did name a couple. Ichi, yeah. Ichi and uh, Audition. Yeah. yeah, I'm just not in... Of course, I think Ichi... And I, I think what Takashi does with his movies is like he... It's not just torture porn. Like no. there's so much more going on, and then it's like violent torture porn, and then it's like something else is going on. But like, it's always and you're for like, a what reason. What is happening? Yeah, it's always for a purpose, though. Yeah, you know. But what I mean? yeah, like Hostel is just about torture porn. Like people going to torture people. Yeah, as a vacation. Like, and there's movies like Solo or 120 Days right, of Sodom, right? Heard which that that's is disgusting. Yeah, well, it's probably overblown as to how disgusting it is, but the actual novel is. Insanely disgusting. Really? Like I can't. Yeah, you read I, it? Yeah, I have, I have oh, all shit. the sod stuff uh, because he were man really was genius in some way, but just a fucking he nasty insane genius. Oh, he nasty. Yeah, a very nasty man. <laughs> Solo was written in his own piss on toilet paper while he was in the Bastille, like in prison. 
What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That adds a, an element to that. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's really gross. Yeah. There's also some other stuff like the men behind the sun. Do you know about that? He's actually, his his version wasn't called Solo at all. It was just 120 Days of Sodom. Anyway, ah, go ahead. Men behind the sun. Men behind the that? sun. Uh-uh. It's about, what were they called? Shit. It was like a unit um, of the Japanese military that it basically did all kinds of horrific shit to the Chinese during World War mm-hmm. II. Yeah, it's like Unit One Two Seven. Yeah, I know, I know, called. I know about the the what actually happened. Oh yeah. God, yes. So, their their experimentation doesn't get pointed out enough because no. the Nazi experimentation was fucking disgusting. So was theirs. What uh, they did to yes. the Chinese was fucking insane. It's unreal. Yeah, and so this movie is just basically kind of chronicling the stuff that they actually did. Yeah, and you you could obviously point out any Schindler's List or any of those mm-hmm. World War Two movies that are obviously right. fucking disgusting. Right. Um. But, you know, I think probably one of the, the ones that's kind of a on-the-nose one that we put on here is The Human Centipede. Yeah. Which I have not seen. Well, I think it's worth, I think it's worth watching. Yeah. It is. It's probably the same sort of childish edgelord stuff, but it's not torture porn. It really is just the idea. It feels almost like the movie is the person who came up with the idea for Human Centipede was like, well... I'm demented for coming up with that, so the main character should be demented. Yeah. And all he wants is to see this happen. And then it does. And it's as insanely gross as you would think it would be. Uh. Like, exactly what you... The one scene you know you're waiting for is, when's somebody gonna shit? Yeah. And And it happens. happens. I've just read about it. I've never been, like, curious (laughs) enough to be like, all right, let's watch this. It's gross, but, like, it's not... I I don't think it's a total waste of your time. Okay. Yeah. Right on, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Antichrist is one I I, I didn't put on here. Antichrist, so, Lars von Trier's long shot of Willem Dafoe's dick. Yeah. Just taunting me <laughs> like i'm gigantic does it look like his face too it kind of does yeah kind of yeah well so there's unsimulated sex between willem dafoe and i can't remember the um actress's name is i don't think that's anything i want to see steve and it's yeah the shot of it is and, and but the thing is that like that's not even the gross part the gross part, like man well i've Kate heard i were heard talking about it stuff, before yeah. like we both got about 15 minutes into it trying to watch it. And then it was just like, I, I don't know what mood I would need to be in to watch this, but I don't know if I ever want to be in that mood. Right. Well, yeah. that's like any Lars von Trier movie. True. It's like, it's, the, <laughs> it's like, when is the right I time? I tried to watch Nymphomaniac and I was just like, what? I, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've I mean, heard that's fucking crazy. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, when is the right time to watch any of that kind of shit? I don't know. I have yet to yeah. find it. I would say, though, uh, a good movie that has similarities to Antichrist that I think I've recommended before is uh, Honeymoon. Honeymoon. And it ha- oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. It yeah. has uh, uh, Egret from Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. What's her name again? I she and Jon Snow just remember. got married recently. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Kit Harrington and... Rose Leslie. Boom. Yeah. We did it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that movie has... Um, not not exactly the same sort of setup, but similar feel to it. And uh, man, it's weird. Yeah, we should do it sometime. We should do it on our honeymoon. Maybe we do that. <laughs> Maybe we try that out. I would love to hear what our listeners' uh, grossest gross out yeah. movies that they've Tell seen us. are. Please let us know on the Facebook group or yeah. on the Discord chat or wherever, group or wherever. Honestly, just yell it at us. Yell it into the street. 
Yeah. See if it gets to us. Yeah, maybe it will. Hire a sky rider. If somebody's walking... Here's what you do. Here's okay. what you do. Here's the move. Here's the move. You, you wake up. You bolt from your bed. You run uh, to your... To Open your up the shutters and throw off the sash. window. You throw up the sash. What day is it, boy? Yeah. And then that young boy says, why, it's uh, April 17th. And and you say, why, that's the day that this new podcast episode came out. Yeah. Uh, go get a goose. The biggest one. And uh, get something for yourself. I don't know, a porno mag or something. Whatever yeah. it is kids want. Slurpee. Yeah, get a Slurpee and a porno mag. <laughs> Do kids still want those? I, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. I hope so, too. I yeah. hope there's kids that just kick it old school. porno mags come back. And Slurpees. I'm going to go walk in your woods and see if yeah, I can find there a might porno be mag some and we'll there. know if they're back. Exactly, man. that's when you know porno mags are popular, when you can find them in the woods. Back in the woods, yep. man. We need more uh, you back know, kids in the woods. with blue back tongues <laughs> hopped up on sugar yeah. just hunting down them. Dirty smut rags. Mm-hmm. The world Wonderful. needs it. You guys let us know. Yeah, like I said, on the Facebook or whatever, what your grossest gross out flicks. I look forward to hearing them. Now, Steve, before we can get into talking about The Fly. Oh, yeah. I'm just a thirsty little son of a bitch. Me what too, what can I do about that? Do you think there's a pull I can get? I bet you Bearded Iris would give you a pull. You don't say. Yeah. Well, good thing the notorious REDM has yeah. provided two for us to consume. What do we got here, Shoot? I'm excited for this. I am extremely excited for this. This is called Mood Ring Double Pineapple, and it is a double IPA with some, some lactose in there. So Look it should out. be creamy milky, pineapple. Milky, milky, milky. I am very excited about this because the folks at Bearded Iris... They do not disappoint. No, they don't. I love an IPA. I love pineapples. So since this is double pineapple, it should be yeah. double the pleasure, double now, the fun. Now, didn't Ryan give us a triple pineapple? Yes. Yeah, and that thing was that awesome. N- nuclear pineapple, whatever yeah, it's called. Uh-huh. Good God, that was amazing. I can smell this from a foot yeah. away. It smells absolutely awesome. It's a little so cloudy. Awesome. It's not like completely. Yeah, I would expect it maybe see a be little a, through it, a little more cloudy. But hey. We'll find out what it tastes like. We're going to find out about it. I think it's an 8.5 or something like that. It says here on the can. 8.5. Oh, ABV. Oh, you're having a moment over there. Is it? I'm going to try to hit you with the first thing that comes to mind after I get me a pull okay. over here. How would you describe what you just had? Oh, I just died in, in your arms today. Oh, my God. That's good. Yeah. I... This is hard to describe because it tastes like pineapple juice. But it's like slightly funky fermented little pineapple funky, juice. Little yeah. fermented. It's more sour than pineapple juice is, mm-hmm. which is glad because but it's I, I'm also glad got for the it, yeah. creamy quality that actual pineapple juice has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Frothy. But you know, it's not too like sugary sweet. Like I worry no. with a double IPA yeah. that it could be like really um uh cloyingly sweet, right. you know? No, no, no. This is Delish. And the aftertaste Man. tastes just like you just took a bite of pineapple. Fuck like yes. The aftertaste is really, really, really nice yeah. on that. Golly, man. Bearded Iris just does not. No, they don't disappoint. know how to disappoint. Like, I bet if you said the word disappoint to them, they would be like, what is disappoint? Translation needed. <laughs> Brundlefly. <laughs> I'm just going to say that Bearded Iris is the west coast of the east coast. What do you think about they that? They are the west coast of the east the coast. The west coast that bearded of the Iris. east coast. That's absolutely fantastic. They they throw up the West Coast and East Coast sign at the same time. And it just says, we. We. Oh, shit. Unity. Damn. Man, that's really good. 
Yeah, this is awesome. That's really unique too. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting because you you know yeah. I'd forgotten that we it had that other have a pineapple ton of one. the qualities you would expect in an IPA. No, uh-uh. mm-hmm. it's not terribly like green or funky. Mm-hmm. No, but it also tastes completely different from that other pineapple one you were just talking about. Yeah. It tastes nothing like that. I know it's crazy. Dang it, that is so good. Such a delicious beer to go with such a Hell gross yeah. movie. Thanks yeah. so much to RDM for slinging these our way, man. Good lord. That is a fantastic brew. All right, Steve, have you ever seen The Fly before? Yeah, as I said, I saw it as a young man, and it grossed me out like crazy. Yes. Um, But, yeah, I watched it again with my wife um, at some point uh, when we were just like, hey, let's watch a horror movie, and she had never seen it, and uh, she liked it a lot, too. Yeah. And I've watched it a couple times since then, and then, of course, we're going to do it, so I was like, watch this motherfucker again. Yeah. Um so good i just it's love fantastic. this movie it's it, awesome like there's so many great things about it we're gonna get into a lot of the individual great things about it but one of my favorite things about it is i feel like it's perfectly paced and ends exactly at the right moment i one million percent agree <laughs> it's just like i have been i have been devastated by a constant barrage of body horror and it just ends yeah exactly the bottom just fucking drops out well that's one of those things that we i feel like we have complained about with a lot of other movies in the past where it's just like Uh this could have been 20 minutes shorter this could have been 30 minutes shorter yeah Yeah. Yeah. again it all goes back to the question of does it make it better yeah and this movie is so simple yeah the plot and everything is so simple and there's seriously Three characters, four if you count the what's her name, Tammy or Tawny or whatever. The yeah, picks the, up at the, the bar. Yeah, a girl who picks up at the bar. Yeah, it's basically three people doing barely anything, and mm. it's fantastic. Most of it's in a, a loft apartment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, and if they would have added some extra stuff to this, it would not have made the movie better. No, like, it wouldn't have improved. If it there's at all. a storyline of police investigating the no. disappearance of baboons across the city would have helped wouldn't have made the movie better yeah if there were like a storyline where his the company he was working for were like threatening to shut off his payments or something yeah like, yeah that wouldn't have helped at wouldn't all have it wouldn't have added anything to the story and that is the type of thing that you would see in a movie that we would say this could have been 15 20 minutes shorter totally yeah um Dude, and the, the very first scene i mean it just drops yeah. you into this like science expo straight in and like the first line is like He's I'm working a, oh, on something that's going to change the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I was real surprised by that because, like, first lines and first images are extremely important. I mean, they aren't always. Sometimes if the director or writer don't really get what they're doing, like, they don't always connect. But normally you want your first uh, line and, like, your first image to sort of... Uh, set up the story you're trying to tell and to have them be bookends to the last line and last image Mm -hmm. and what he does what he says is what i'm working on uh he says what am i working on like she had just asked him yeah Yeah. yeah. and that is the setup for this movie is what he's been working on yeah that's it yeah (laughs) perfect succinct like any writer would have overthought that. And in yeah. fact, there were like... First, we show him in his early days as a scientist tinkering yeah. with right. improving toys and pocket watches right. and blah, blah, blah. So, no, fuck it. Just get to it. This this movie, the, the original screenplay was by Charles Edward Pogue. And um, like Cronenberg rewrote 
all of it basically re- right rewrote all of the dialogue yeah I, um like just rewrote it like the the base story was still there but like Cronenberg just came in and he did it. He did that. He made it his vision from beginning to end. Oh, it reeks of Cronenberg. It's I'll tell you Cronenberg. That. There's no other voice involved in it. It's so much him. And I fucking love it. So yeah. I wanted, because we got to talk about David Cronenberg. This is our first David Cronenberg movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I'm I sure would, it won't be a last. Yeah. We'll talk We'll talk a little bit about David Cronenberg's like I, uh, you know, filmography and stuff. But I just want to open up with some things that David Cronenberg has said that I think will really let you know where his brain is. Okay. I like I like where this is going already because I've been wondering, <laughs> where his brain at? Where his brain be? Where's this fool's brain be? He's in a weird place. He likes strange things, I said to myself. <laughs> he does. He does. Now, Ben, um, he said, it's very hard to alter our aesthetics, uh, aesthetic senses to accommodate aging, never mind disease. Okay. All right. Pretty genius observation. Sure. I. Uh, he goes on to say, I, I think that if you extend that a little bit, you'd uh, you'd see that you, this is the same sort of thing with the aging and disease that you don't look over and say, you know, that's a fine looking cancer riddled young man. Well, that's a very odd observation. I would that say, is an Steve. interesting observation. I can't say I've ever said that before, actually. Uh huh. So he's not wrong. <laughs> and he sa- he says, "Well, people will say to me, well, why bother?'" And he says, "Well, it's because the man still exists. He has to look at himself." Damn. The idea is these people, you know, the body horror he's going for. People have these conditions. People have these things that make their body look non-aesthetic to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we can all go home and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. But that person wakes up and looks like that. Yeah, every morning. Yeah. yeah. So Ooh. his idea is confronting that. Wow. Saying yeah. like the real thing about horror that we're all always trying to push out of our mind is the actual idea of our bodies being deformed or, our, you know, aging and becoming decrepit and yeah, things like that. Yeah, or invaded by a foreign yeah. body or parasites or Ugh. aliens or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Which is a very primal primal fear. Yeah. And I think that some other like sci-fi flicks have have dealt with that well. I mean, if that's a, a mm-hmm. primary theme of alien, of course. Yeah. Yeah. is the invasion of one's body. Yeah, this I mean, this is a prime body horror time. The 80, the uh, like early to mid 80s. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a lot of great body horror, The Thing, Alien, uh-huh. this like tons of stuff tons of wonderful these yeah. like just way different than anything that had been done up to that point. And when you're dealing with the body horror stuff like that too, especially when you're talking about the the invasion of one's body, uh-huh. I think it also can't help but have a, a sexual element to it, which a I, lot of Cronenberg stuff does. Oh, I got you some quotes, buddy. <laughs> let's go let's go to one of my favorite sentences I've ever heard spoken by a person. Okay. A virus is only doing its job. Okay, yeah. Fucking mind-blowing idea. It's true. Idea. Let me let him elaborate. A virus is only doing its job. Just imagine. It's only trying to live its life. The fact that it's destroying you by doing it is really not its fault. So I think it's trying to understand the interrelationship between amongst organisms, even those that we perceive as disease, 
and to understand it from the disease's point of view. That is very, very strange. <laughs> it's just a matter of life. It has to, nothing to do with disease at all. I think most nothing diseases personal. would be very shocked to be considered diseases. Wow. <laughs> That's Holy a shit. very negative connotation. For them, it's very positive when they take over your body and destroy you. It's a triumph. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fucking... That's first a, off, the notion like, of understanding, how do you yeah. get to that point where you're like, yeah. what is it like from a disease's point of view? But he followed through on the thought and it's like, yeah, no, that's right. I mean... He's not wrong. You're not, not all. wrong. No. How'd you get there? Who knows? And this is huh. something... Okay, so I watched a documentary and some of these quotes are from that documentary called The New Flesh. Or uh, all hail, new all flesh, hail, something. something like that. Uh, and it's from 1986. It's a, a Canadian TV documentary soundtrack by Rush. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, uh, catering was just hockey pucks and maple syrup. Yeah, obviously, mm -hmm. yeah, the Gretzky they call it. That's what they call it. Can I get a Gretzky? <laughs> That's two hockey pucks sandwiched in between another hockey puck and a Tim Hortons coffee and a Tim Hortons it's a Tim Bits, of course. Yeah, and a poutine. <laughs> um, See, we know Canadian stuff, y'all. We it's know true. Toronto. But uh so in this um they interviewed like Stephen King and a bunch of other people, but they were interviewing Martin Scorsese. And Martin Scorsese, like, he was being very genuine and honest. Like he was respected like, filmmaker. Yeah, and he he was talking about the things that Cronenberg says his movies are about. Yeah. And he was like, Oh yeah, I heard the things he says his movies are about. I don't see that in the movies at all, <laughs> but I like what he's doing. Interesting. <laughs> like, okay. Like still on board. Like, yeah, he's, uh, people like Cronenberg just says the type of shit that you're like, Oh, okay. And yeah, then yeah. you watch a, a movie like Videodrome where mm -hmm. like a man's flesh, like, uh, grows over his gun and he's got like a, a, a slot in his stomach. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> Like, there's just all sorts of weird shit in it, and you're like, okay, how is this about anything? Yeah. But it's about things. Are you ready? Tell me what it's about, Steve. <laughs> I want to know. This is another one I, I really like. And what a fascinating card this guy is. The strength of the middle class is that it's like a giant amoeba. It can absorb anything. What seems radical and threatening to it, the way that it defends itself is not to build a shell around it they can be broken but just to absorb whatever it is and assimilate like the blob right wow and i cow. started thinking about this and i realized don't like don't defend just absorb i, I realized that this this is a, an explanation for the rise of trump <laughs> don't defend just absorb like you don't try to defend your old values you just go like no 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 he's yeah god likes what he does and this is all wow. the same stuff we've always believed in. No Nothing's kidding. changing. No one's being weird. <laughs> Holy moly. Because you just assimilate. Because you, if you build a structure, if you try to fight against it, you can be destroyed. An amoeba just wants to absorb and be its... Attain voters. Right. Attain voters. Right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I thought, I thought that was fucking interesting. That really is, man. That really is. All right. Now, this is, this is from Shivers. But I mean, this is obviously just straight from Cronenberg. This is a, a character says this. Shivers is a, a movie. I haven't seen it. Okay. Oh, it's interesting. It, there are uh, parasites that are made to replace human organs. Okay. It's, uh, it's interesting. You have Man, to check he's, it. he's he's a weird guy. Right. He's a weird guy. So, 
Disease is the love of two alien kind creatures for each other. Even dying is an act of eroticism. What? Even to physically exist is sexual. <laughs> Holy shit. What? <laughs> I'm going to need to ponder on that one for a little while, I yeah. think. Holy cow. I, man, I, there, I wrote down so many and I, I don't want to sit here and just keep reading quotes from him, but he, he really does. He has a point of view and he has a real interesting way of trying to make that point of view into a movie. And I like, it's almost, I'd say in some ways it's like watching a musical for me, except with far less action where I'm just like, how did he get to this? Like how <laughs> there my moves brain that does like, not work in this way. There are moves that I would just never make. No, you know, no, like, but it, and you see it and you're like, okay yeah all right i want to know where you're gonna go with this because right now i am perplexed that's the thing is like no matter how weird a lot of his shit gets Uh and a lot of it gets really really weird oh yeah you still feel like you are in the hands of a competent filmmaker who has something to actually say like it rarely ever feels like okay this is just some you know weirdo guy that made something that was just weird for the sake of being strange it seems like there's always something to say it definitely does it seems like he really has thought out like why he's doing the things he's doing and why it all makes sense i'd like to know where a lot of these i don't know if you'd even just call them interests or fetishes of his (laughs) came from like if he maybe had some kind of weird illness as a kid Uh or like witness somebody dying as a child or something like where did this come from here's something else interesting about cronenberg that i only recently discovered because of a uh a wonderful listener of ours letitia mcdade letitia Uh, that apparently he's sexy he's a hunk huh well i've seen him yeah like you know i'm don't do I much can for tell, me. I'm not I can into tell guys. when a guy is attractive. He's a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy, but like, apparently, he's, uh, some people find him very, very sexy. Hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, yeah, everything for him is in some ways sexual. Ooh, there's so much sex throughout. Like, it's weird. Yeah, it's strange, but it's still about sex. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, man. I think I think he comes across as somebody who's like mysterious and i mean he's handsome but also mysterious and intelligent and like you you would just be always trying to figure him out like and apparently a lot of people find him sexy so well in in interviews he he seems like shockingly normal yeah very normal like it's it's not like when you watch like interviews with like clive barker where you're like okay (laughs) this guy's fucking crazy you know yeah or stephen king where you're like he's got a weird manic energy about him yeah (laughs) exactly yeah there doesn't really seem to be anything all that odd no about cronenberg whenever you watch interviews with him but yeah he clearly has a very unique perspective Mm -hmm. and i don't know man that that whole thing that you said a second ago about trying to understand from the disease's perspective yeah it's kind of weird and i think that even at at some level i think a lot of us cross that point maybe where when we see the amount of like environmental damage and stuff and the amount of damage we've done to our own planet and you start to really wonder if humans are just planet cancer yeah that is one thing that i thought about when i was thinking about this same thing was that like Yeah. yeah in a lot of ways we are, and we don't perceive ourselves. Yeah, because it's like we don't well, perce- we don't we're take just into account the host the organism. things we need so that we can survive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like we don't really think about destroying the host organism. We think right. about 
continuing on a species. I mean, mm-hmm. when we all talk about, oh, it'd be the end of all life on Earth. It'd be the end of us. Uh, Earth would still keep yeah, going. Yeah, Earth would still keep kicking. Yeah, exactly. They would figure it all out after a while. Yeah, but to our perspective, all we can think about is the survival of our own species, which is very much like what a disease must do as it right. replicates and yeah. destroys its host organism. Mm-hmm. You're fueling it. I mean, we are technically giving Earth a fever. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> wow. That's awesome. I like all that insight and stuff you had about old, old yeah. Cronenberg there. Yeah, man. he's, cool he's great. I mean, um, have you... Uh, let's just talk. Have you seen um, any of his other movies? So I've Anything not seen. I've of? not seen many. Okay, I've seen, seen? Uh, the Fly. Obviously, yeah. I've seen Videodrome. Uh huh. Which is so fucking. Yeah, crazy. Videodrome's more fucked up than the Fly by it's far. Way yeah. fucked up. <laughs> All that like weird shit where it's like people getting murdered and like yeah. you know whipped on TV and uh-huh. stuff, and everybody's just watching it. Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry. Weird as shit yeah. in there, man. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, just people James like Woods. with guns for hands. Yeah. And, God, yeah, James Woods. Oh, yeah. fuck that guy. Yeah, but he's great in it. He's great in it, <laughs> he man. He plays a great asshole. Hell yeah, he does. Because he is. Based just on a true asshole. story. Yeah, based on a yeah. true story. I've seen that. I've seen A History of Violence with oh, yeah. uh, Vigo. Is that Vigo Mortensen? Vigo Mortensen, yeah. And what's his name? Uh, Ed Harris is in there, Ed too, Harris right? Ed Harris is in there, yep. And I remember really enjoying that movie. That movie's movie. great. And that it's one's really not weird good. at all. No, huh? It's, it's weird in how... Normal, normal it is, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like just, he just flipped a switch and was like, I guess I can make uh-huh. a normal-ish movie too yeah. with no History of violence mechanical and things. Eastern Promises are both just I've heard that's normal good. I'm not seeing movies. It. Yeah, great. I love them both. Yeah, both have Viggo Mortensen in. Okay, yeah. yeah, I think you see his like big old hog. Yeah, in he has Promises. a fight in a in a sauna naked with his hog uh, just flapping yeah. around. Which uh, th- he's in a Russian gang in it. Which and and Russians they love themselves the banya. The banya, huh? Banya, yeah. Right. That's, that's where you go. You get you get in your steam, and then you come out of there, and you uh, dive into a cold pool. Of borscht. And also, while you're getting steamed, they beat you with birch branches. The, it's what? Supposed okay, to like, that's a twist. That's it's a supposed twist. to like bring the blood to the surface and make your skin... Well, welts are technically <laughs> blood rushing to the surface of your skin. I don't know. It's crazy, but, you know... It's Russian tradition. Uh, it, there's not much of a tradition. I bet there is, though, because they drink in the banya as well. There probably is a tradition of fighting with your dicks out. <laughs> <laughs> wonder where there is in Russia that you don't drink. No. No, <laughs> just no. No is where. <laughs> I'm trying to think I've seen any of his other stuff. What are other ones that I might have seen, Steve? There's some popular uh, okay, titles so, I'm forgetting. I've not seen Shivers. Okay, haven't seen, have you seen Rabid? I've not That's seen Rabid. Yeah, Rabid is is great. I okay, recommend that one. Right. Um, have you seen Scanners? Oh, yeah, you did Scanners. You did Scanners, yeah. Yes, I've seen Scanners. I think, I think Scanners, um, Videodrome, and Existence are um, like a trilogy, it seems like to me. Existence has uh, Jude Law and... Oh, crap. She was in um, The Hateful Eight... Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee, yeah. Right. Uh, it has them, and she is a, she's a, a video game programmer, but the video the video game systems are these, like, flesh pods, and you connect what? them into this, like, um, they have, like, this umbilical connector that connects oh, them like to, like... Oh, like an avatar. Avatar stole <laughs> straight up. I didn't even think about it, like, because I even watched Avatar, but yeah. I do know that's a thing. They, totally the same thing. straight up just stole that. Fuck them. There's nothing in that movie that's yeah. fucking original, man. But you have, like, they have these ports what in their the spine fuck? that are, like, these flesh ports. And, like, they they have, like, a 
they like rub them to get them to open up and then you stick. I don't like how this sounds dude. Anyway, and then you play these like really <laughs> realistic virtual reality games. It's fucking crazy. The, I love that movie. That sounds too like that continues the kind of biomechanical mm-hmm. uh, merging of technology yeah. and, and flesh that I think yes. is a long flesh is a big thing and we'll Cronenberg get into that. theme yeah. that he's always had in his flicks yeah. and stuff too. He must really like a Giger, I bet. Yeah, I would imagine. He he also did Naked Lunch, which is an adaptation of a book that could possibly adapt. I've heard and that. And it's a perfectly wonderful adaptation. I really? love Naked Lunch, the book. Read it when I was like 16 or something. And like, I, th- I love his entire aesthetic there. He did yeah. the cut up technique where he would write sentences and just throw them in the air. Like he would write these paragraphs, cut up the sentences, then throw the sentences in the air and glue them together in random orders. Why? He, he was sending the pages for the book mm-hmm. to oh fuck, was it Ginsburg? Yeah, he was sending it to Ginsburg, but Ginsburg was getting them out of order and like what? so the book is like not only completely out of order because of the cut up technique but out of the order that Burroughs wanted it to be in but Burroughs thought it was perfect because it, <laughs> it's so perfectly sort of Nailed emulates it. being on heroin where Whoa. it's like you're nodding in and out of different stories where you're just coming Holy into shit. these different stories but the movie Naked Lunch uh, I believe that has Ed Harris in it too and he plays like a he plays an exterminator and the the stuff they use to exterminate these bugs. Yeah. It, he, you could also inject it and it's this real weird fucking drug. What? Oh man. I've seen it's some so like cool. And it has biographical it. stuff about uh, Burroughs in there too. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. He, he shot his wife in Mexico. Holy shit. On accident playing William Tell drunk. Wow. That's yeah. a hell of a way to do it. I guess yeah. <laughs> they let him go. I've just seen stills from it. And I've been like, what in the fuck could possibly it's be going crazy. on here? The creatures really and weird. stuff in it. Oh, man. It's so weird. Yeah. 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 I like it. Same with Existence, where it's like, I don't know yeah. what it's about. Haven't seen it. Looks yeah. really strange. It does. It does. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's he's got his real weird stuff. Oh, also, uh, The Dark Half. And I haven't seen that. He did the adaptation of that Stephen King book. That It was with Christopher Walken, and he could see... Dead oh, zone. Dead Zone. Dead yeah, zone. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did that. Yeah. Okay. Dead Zone is interesting. What? Well, I mean, we'll have to do all of these, but yeah, really, he might be one of the best batting average yeah. horror directors up there, <laughs> really? like Carpenter yeah. and cats like that. He's hitting a solid like three ten. Like yeah. you want him on your team, <laughs> no doubt, man. Go Cronenberg. Go yeah. Cronenberg. Yeah, I need to. I need to get studied and watch a lot of those because. The ones that I've seen, the limited amount that I have, I've really, really enjoyed. Yeah. I think I think The Fly is probably my favorite yeah. one. And it is the most direct and straightforward, which is saying something, because it's, it's crazy. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> this is often labeled a remake, although it's not, yeah, it's not very, really. That's a narr- Yeah, because it's not a remake of the movie. It's an adaptation of the original story, the original yeah. uh, novel. Well, it was a short story published in Playboy in 1957. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's 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 also just a. It's not even really that. Like you mm. just ha- it shares the idea right. of the two. Uh, but in in that and the original movie, it's like an instantaneous transformation. Like he just becomes immediately this fly man, not this gradual drawn yeah. out transformation. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. even in um, the Charles uh, Pogue's original screenplay he was just going to turn into a big fly like immediately and yeah then, you know be gross um but yeah no cronenberg 
thought the process would be something that you'd really want to see. And it really is about like aging and disease. Yeah. It is watching someone waste away. Slowly just yeah. erode away. There are se- the, the, the makeup people came up with seven phases. Mm-hmm. So he, he goes through these seven different phases where he gets from like basically looking like he's on meth. Yeah, I was going to say, it's real methed out. Being a fucking fly creature. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and it's it's so... It's so gross and so sad because, oh, like, yeah. Goldblum is in, like, cheap, you know, just prime physical shape in this movie. Oh, he movie. looks great, yeah. Yeah, he got, like, buff as fuck. He's he says, totally hunky. He says here. he weighs 185 at one point, and I was like, where? What are yeah, you talking right? about, right? Then, dude? Well, he's, he like, 6'4". Like he's huge. He's huge. He's, he's, he's huge, guy. but he's, he's, a real, he's real thin in this. He doesn't get his yeah. Jeff Goldblum-y. Yeah, uh, but, but that scene where she goes to the apartment, and he walks out, and he's, like, on two crutches to walk, like, right. walks those two canes. It's just like, oh, man, he's he's uh-huh. going down fast. Yes. It really, it's real quick transformation because yeah. he, when he first gets, you know, uh, he first goes through the teleporter, yeah, which is what this movie. I, I, I mean, the basic principle is there's a teleportation machine. He gets in it, and a fly is also in there, and their genes get spliced, and he becomes, you know, partially fly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. <clears throat> Man, from the moment he comes out of that, he's like he's got all this energy and like he's uh, he's really strong and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're like, and then he just gets sort of like manic and crazy, and he wants to put Gina Davis in the teleportation machine, yeah. and then she won't do it, and he gets fucking insane, angry, and then goes to find a woman at a bar, tries to get her to go in the teleportation machine. And it's just like, oh, he's going out of his mind. And then the next time we see him, he comes out. He's on two canes. He's, like, broken. Yeah. Which kind of mimics what I think a lot of people do whenever they first start getting into, like, really yes. hardcore drugs. Yeah. Where it's just like, you need to try this shit. I thought you I was had thinking. Meth, you need to fucking try That's this shit. Stay up and party with me, you know? I mean, because, like, that wasn't something pointed out by critics at the time. And, and Cronenberg really was, like, adamant that he was going for, uh, like, aging and disease. But... I was seeing addiction like yeah it was so much like people I've seen fall to meth addiction or mm-hmm. oxy addiction and stuff like that yeah you well, just like yeah you first see them and yeah they'll be happy as shit like they think they've got life figured out yeah and then dude fucking they go downhill fast yeah. yeah well but people at the time thought that this was about AIDS this is about the yeah. AIDS epidemic yeah and and Cronenberg said well no I wasn't thinking specifically of that but yeah. like yeah I mean it is it's about disease it, it is about like the way that we change as we basically are rotting and dying from right. a disease. Yeah. But yeah, he wasn't thinking specifically about AIDS. Yeah. But the, yeah, that's what everybody saw. Cause it was right. I mean, this was 86, like, or yeah, 86. So AIDS epidemic is like going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is all told through some of the best practical special effects of, oh, of man. the eighties or maybe of all time. They still look amazing they still look fucking insane they still look so good absolutely fantastic dude yeah all of the body transformation stuff is amazing i mean essentially you've got a guy wearing a full body rubber suit you know it's yeah. just a big old latex suit yeah but the way that it is so detailed and formed around his eyes around his mouth and around his nose so that he can mm-hmm. still physically emote like the problem with rubber suit monsters is there's no yeah, facial there's emotion yeah 
because it just doesn't move. Yeah, you know? If there is, it's puppeteered, so it still kind of looks a little off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the way that they handled the prosthetics and stuff in this is seriously amazing. And then when stuff starts getting gross, mm-hmm. it gets so, so gross. That first time he spits up that, like, what what is it oh, called? Yeah. Vomit drop. His vomit drop, dude. Whoa. He just has that little like donut. Yeah. And he's just talking to her and just kinda like casually does it like he's not even thinking yeah. about it. And he's like, Well that was disgusting or stuff like that. <laughs> I posted that picture on Instagram <sighs> and somebody said, Is that cum? <laughs> yeah. And I realized that is what it looks like. <sighs> it looks like a big mouthful Bunch of, of jazz. But then I also realized you can take as almost a, a fact about all non porn movies. Most likely, no one on screen has a mouthful of cum. It's a good point. Probably not. The more you know. The more you know. Wait. Now, somebody behind the camera might be like, Boker, I hope the <laughs> got a mouthful of cum. Oh, Lord of mercy. Oh, Lord, oh, of, Lord mercy. of mercy. What if it's Jimmy Stewart with a mouthful of cum? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> But the the uh, the parts where we get, especially towards the end of the movie, when we get into those actual transformations yeah. where he's full out becoming the fly, uh-huh. dude, that scene where his skin just kind of sloughs off and his fly head emerges, oh. it's so crazy how they did that. Did you watch the behind the scenes thing about no, it? No, I didn't. Dude, so basically what they wanted is for this really weird kind of spatial distortion where when you see his still basically human head, although uh-huh. it's jawless, the jaw has been right. taken off by that point, which is so fucking gross. Yeah. And um, whenever the skin kind of sloughs off and the fly head emerges, the fly head is actually bigger than the human head. Mm-hmm. They want it to look like there's something bigger inside of yeah. this human form. And it's hard to tell from the angle that they used in the movie, but it was this crazy, like, spring-loaded fly head that, like, expanded out. Oh, man. And that's what forced kind of the skin to, yeah. to fall off of it. And everything is just so gooey and gross and... Mm-hmm. They they were able to work those animatronics like even into the pods like the pods this little tiny confined area yeah they had all these operators like under the floor and shit working that thing looked amazing man it's so great I noticed this time around that he looks like Zorak from Space Ghost Coast to Coast oh my god he totally does yeah. look like Zorak <laughs> holy shit I never thought about that it was awesome as god, as I, I used to love it, that it actually kind of because like, that's a real intense moment it yeah. actually just kind of ruined it for me because I was like it's Zorak. Zorak like when he grabs the gun later and puts it to yeah, his head it looks like I Zorak. thought of it being like Zorak pinchers. yeah I was like Dude. oh don't kill Zorak don't kill Zorak <laughs> oh man that's great I hadn't thought about that and then, like, dude, earlier when, like, his ear is falling oh, off. Oh, God. Yeah, that's one of the scenes that stuck Ugh. with me from childhood, too. And it's too. so gooey. Yeah. Everything's so goopy. Yeah, I, um, that, that did make it hard for me to be around sick people for a while, because I was like, is shit going to fall off? Or right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then you think about, like, leprosy and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that does like, happen. That can happen. Yeah. Yuck. The fucking fingernails, dude. Ah. fingernails are just yeah. why 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 because everything Don't do that. it's like the it's like your fingernail there is there to cover the most sensitive spot in the universe yeah like nothing <laughs> can be world. more sensitive than under your fingernail <laughs> the moment you accidentally like reach for something and something goes under your fingernail you're like the world fucking sucks yeah exactly. it's over I'm, I'm life out. is done <laughs> kill me now yeah. <laughs> and like his teeth do like when his teeth just fall oh. On the computer. So gross, it's man. It's so like, nasty. Oh. 
And dude, even you know, just not even discounting his uh, his stuff that he goes through. Like when they put the baboon in the pod and uh-huh. the baboon gets like turned inside oh, out. Oh, that's brutal. The oh. inside out baboon. Because it's not, like he says inside out, but it actually looks more like d- just discombobulated. Like yeah, just, yeah. Like there's like, it's like its spine is going up and then there are teeth on the spine like yeah. moving and shit. Oh. Yeah, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it is as if all the genetic information was just scrambled. Just scrambled, yeah. And didn't quite know what to do with it. So that's, we need to talk about teleportation then. I want to get into ben, talking I about got teleportation. I to say about teleportation, but I'm going to try to keep it a little bit brief. <laughs> get in here, nerd. Here's one. We're of talking the, teleportation One of the stuff. major important theories of sci-fi teleportation is okay and th- the most discussed idea is by all ideas of teleportation logic basically what it does is it encodes the information that is you yeah and then puts that information somewhere else okay now this is some people will argue this like fucking crazy but I, I will say, I, I can't see their side. The person who steps into a teleportation device yeah. dies. Okay, I've heard that as kind of like a, a, a Star Trek theory that yeah. it eliminates you and then just recodes everything. And then 3D you, prints it, basically. But that's a different person. Right. But is it? So this is the answer. This is the question that, that like, dives so deep in our psyche that it's so hard to comprehend because we think of ourselves as the thing behind our eyes. Sure. We're the thing behind our eyes. So if I were to be encoded as information and reproduced somewhere else, the thing behind my eyes ceases to exist. It seems that way. And then there's a new thing behind the eyes of that thing. That's now me. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you can encode my information and teleport me, can you encode my information and not teleport me and then create another me? Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't be able to see you through that. That's eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's not me. Right. So if I'm teleported, I'm dead. So I think that they play that out in this movie and it's real subtle. Huh. He does change because of the fly stuff. Yeah. But he also changes immediately. Yeah, he does. He's not... He's not... He's immediately the, more like twitchy and... Yeah, yeah. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. He, he becomes a completely different person and starts talking differently and saying different things. And yeah, you can say that's part of the DNA coding, sure. But he's also not acting like the guy that we knew before who was this like awkwardly charming, sort of nebbish, just like... He's very intelligent, but not real good with people. But also, he is good with people because he's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, <laughs> like he's, he's but, very charismatic. Yeah, but then he loses all that. Like, and that mm. can't just yeah, be right. the fly encoding. It has to. It, it seems like it. It means that. Yeah, his brain went over here, but his brain doesn't have that person in it anymore. Right. And now it's dealing with this encoding that is also fly. So. It's a completely different individual. So my theory then is that uh, Seth Brundle dies real early in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the person we see after that is Brundlefly. And that's what he starts calling himself is Brundlefly. That's a completely different individual. The the lovely Jeff Goldblum that we all uh, were enjoying for 30 minutes is just dead. Well, and that's interesting too. And, and that would kind of tie into one observation that I had about the movie that made it really interesting to me is that he isn't 
even necessarily all that concerned about his mortality. No. He's he's almost studying the effects of what's happening to him. Yeah, like a scientist. Like yes. he wants to just well, let's document this. Like, yeah, this is happening. Does, yeah, to he me. wants to put. He wants to talk on video. He wants to show himself using his his vomit drop. Yeah, to like have it as like this is what will happen if yeah. you do this like these are the results there's no urgent like i must reverse the effects of this and not find any, a, yeah an antigen or whatever not until the end and he's not it's like he he is trying to figure the deleted scene where the he like merges the baboon and the, the cat. cat yeah in the like the original idea would have been that he was trying he was thinking that by merging with clean human DNA somehow, he would come back to his normal self. Right. But that didn't actually end up getting shot in the movie. Yeah. Um, so in the movie, it just seems like at the end, he's just gone insane. And right. And wants to create some weird hybrid version of, of him, Gina Davis, and the baby she's <laughs> yeah, carrying. Yeah, the unborn child. Yeah. Yeah, which again kind of goes with that whole like all a virus wants to do is is recreate itself yes. and procreate over yeah. and over and over, which I think procreation is also a, a big theme. In yes, this it is. I yeah. want to talk well, about as well. We got a maggot baby for sure. <laughs> sure is a damn old maggot baby. <laughs> Delivered by Cronenberg himself. Woo, boy, that sure is gross. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that sure is really fucking mm-hmm. gross right there, man. It's disgusting. By the way, if, if you're watching this flick, do go on Netflix and watch that deleted scene. It is... Or YouTube, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're watching this, go on YouTube and look for that deleted scene where he mm-hmm. merges the baboon and the cat, and it just is this disgusting, yeah, horrible, tortured that creature attacks that comes him. out. Yeah, and then he beats it to death. The and it's type. a brutal fucking scene. It's so just depraved and so gross. I had not seen it. You sent it to me, and I watched it, and I immediately was like, "Why did they take this out?" I know it's amazing. I think it's so good, and yeah. it actually like. So I looked up why they took it out, and they they said that audiences uh, it made audiences dislike Seth. Yeah, and I actually felt like the way he acted it it made me like connect with him more. Yeah, because he seemed devastated by it. He yeah. didn't seem like he was doing it like with no uh, no concept of what was happening. Like, yeah, he, he seemed to be devastated by it, not only because of you know the monstrosity he created, but because his idea didn't work yeah whatever the idea was that's what i was gonna say is like to me it wasn't really like that at all because i just saw him mercy killing this thing that he Uh created while also being fueled by the rage that it had failed and he knew that this would not work yeah you know so yeah i thought it was kind of more of a humanizing yeah they should have kept it in i think yeah and then again i mean we're talking about as we said a perfectly tight movie I mean, yeah, it's fine. Maybe, it's it fine slowed it. It. maybe it slowed it down a little bit. Yeah, maybe it was just was like, no, beat. I just want it to be fucking boom, boom, boom. Yeah, there's that other deleted scene too, where like he falls out that window and he's got that like he's got that lump like on his chest. Uh-huh, yeah, he grows a a, a leg, another leg yeah. starts growing. Well, in out. the movie, he like lifts his shirt up. And he's like, "What's this? I don't know." Uh-huh. And that's all you ever hear of it. Yeah. But there's a deleted scene where yeah. that's a fucking like fly leg. Yeah. And then he rips it off. And has to fucking chew it chew off. Chew it off. Because Ugh. it's like stretching out. Yeah, Just it, like a fly leg actually does for anybody. Any so kid gross. who ever pulled a fly leg off, it does it does sort of pull away. Like there's Ugh. some sort of like stickiness to it. It's so gross. That that was Yeah. That, I get why nasty. they cut that because it just wasn't 
It was gross, but it like it was like where is this happening? Like where would this fit with the rest of the story? Yeah. Well, and there are conceits and stuff you have to make. I mean, his his apartment, well, lab apartment, whatever, mm-hmm. is all like full of junk food, and you're like. Who's bringing him this stuff? Is he going to the store? What's he doing right. here? You know, yeah. There's certain I, conceits I you have to make. Think about that at all. Yeah, it's yeah. like the Jeepers Creepers thing, or like, yeah. just, he goes stand in line at the DMV to right. get that uh, be eating you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you kind of have to just go with it. Yeah. You know, with with that stuff. There are yeah, there are actually some elements to this that I I quibble with a little bit. Yeah. Um. I I quibble with a little bit. Yeah, give it just a little quibble. A little baby quibble. There's a little quibble. All right. The human body. Yes. Our human bodies are covered inside and out with foreign life. Speak for yourself, Grosso. I took a bath today. <laughs> well, I hope you still have some some gut intestinal bacteria <laughs> from that shower. But you you have mites all over you. You have intestinal bacteria. Those things have different DNA than you. That's true. Okay, yeah. So, if you teleported something and the different DNA gets mixed up, then there'd be no way he would have come out normal in the first place. Okay, he'd been mi- mixed he with just, eyelash mites and yeah, so Yeah, he would have been all that shit. Okay, yeah. And and whatever the contents of your stomach might be at the time. Right, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. You Cheeseburger would, DNA. Like, you would have to, like, <laughs> to do this... and. I mean, I can see a movie about teleportation that's not the fly, where they basically take the fly precautions, where they have to take, like, these super intense showers and, like, scrub themselves of all bacteria and, like, take diuretics and stuff to just completely eliminate any bacteria and stuff. yeah. Yeah, like, I could see that being an interesting thing in a teleportation movie, but... I get why they didn't like worry about that because the the central concept you get it like yeah. you can quibble with it but it's it is very simple right but yeah I, I had a little issue with that also when he puts the steak in there yeah he puts it in on a plate those plate two don't DNA yeah those two don't merge like okay. there's no like yeah, weird you got a point there that. you got a point okay yeah. fair enough fair enough yeah I don't know though there. Those are just tiny little things, but like for me, this is, I mean, I know this is a movie about the fly, but teleportation is like an obsession of mine, sort of. (laughs) So for me, this is a movie about teleportation that involves a dude turning into a fly creature. Yeah. So like the small things, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. They could have fixed that. Now, as far as themes in this movie go, you know, it kind of has... A tale as old as time mm-hmm. that has always been a theme throughout horror uh, literature and, and uh, movies and everything, you know, going all the way back to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, this right. fear of technological calamity. Right. That hey. is something that has always been a theme throughout horror and is uh, very huge in this and Jurassic Park and everything else Michael Crack never touched, you know? Here's a Cronenberg quote. Tell me what he's got to say about to what you just said. We were meant to tamper with everything and have done, and that's going to reflect back and change us. Oh, that's he, pretty he dope. sees humanity as like the things that we can imagine doing, we should do. And yeah, then that's what they, we're supposed to do. They will change us, and we will become different. We'll mm. become a different thing. We won't be uh, 
Homo sapiens sapiens anymore. We yeah, will yeah. evolve. That's how we evolve. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And, and I mean, that is something else that just reading up on, because he talks about viruses so much, the th- viruses are one of the main motivators behind evolution. They actually, sure, yeah. they actually uh, take DNA from different species and can eventually like make DNA cross species boundaries and, right. and things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the idea that like tampering with science is like a, a horror. He, he's because of what he says about virus, he's turning that on his head. He sees this as a triumph. Mm-hmm. Like the end of this is a triumph. Yeah. The virus wins. The virus wins, but it's also like, it can also be seen as a triumph for humanity from his perspective, from this Cronenbergian perspective, because um, it, it's like a science experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, in most fields, a failure is bad, but in science, a failure is as good as a success. Yeah, you found it, the wrong way to do it. Good, you found we the can wrong check way to do off. something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of this, it's like, well, we found the wrong way to do transport uh, 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 teleportation. Yeah. Well, it's like with you know with the light bulb. It's like he found one right way to do it, and yeah. like five thousand wrong ways. to Exactly. Do it. Yeah. yeah. And that's always been a theme through, and again, not even just through horror literature, but even if you go back to like uh, the story of Icarus. Right. Yeah. You know? That is about, yep. Daedalus builds those wings. And, yeah. And it is about flying too high to the sun. I mean, I'm the sun being a god. The earliest stories in, in human history are about the fear of technology and of yeah. taking our natural curiosities mm-hmm. and cravement for advancement. Yeah. And how it can negatively affect us. And I wonder why that is. I wonder if it's because the more we explore technology and the further we take things, the further we start to understand that reality is not what we think it is. Hmm. The further we understand that our perceptions are limited only to right. our senses, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, our senses aren't even all the senses. Like, there are other animals that can sense things we can't even sense. Yeah, birds see these magnetic yeah. wavelengths and all this kind of shit, right? Yeah. But it's kind of like with, with every discovery that we make, we just learn more and more about how insignificant we are. I mean, yeah. we, we just took that picture of that fucking black hole. Right. And that black hole is gi-fucking-gantus. Yes. I mean, you're seeing it suck light in and bend light around that's it. That's fucking crazy. I mean, and of course, it looks like the Eye of Sauron. Or a butthole. Or a butthole. <laughs> I saw this great meme where a guy took like basically a picture of like a cat's butthole with his tail in the air and just like adjusted the contrast and stuff. It's like, don't believe the lies. And it, was, it turned out looking just like it. It was awesome. But, you know, it's like I think the more that we learn, the more that we realize how insignificant we are and yeah. how little we know. I, I think, think it takes why. us... I'll put it this way. I think the further that we go, the deeper it takes us into the unknown. I, I do think that modern advancements in technology in things like AI and uh, things in like the idea of simulating realities yes. and things like that, I think that the anti-science backlash we're seeing from a lot of people has to do with that because it... That warps people's minds. That ain't in the Bible. Well, yeah, it's like because if they think about it for a second, it demolishes their philosophies very quickly. It yes. all becomes real bullshitty. Oh it yeah, it all becomes just like, oh right, we could just not, we could just be ones and zeros, and like fucking religion might be a virus we're supposed to be attacking. Like right. we yeah, don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, and so that makes people just start being like, no, like we need to get back to firm too hard. truths. It's too hard. Yeah, because it's too complicated. It's too hard. Yeah, and, and I think that like a lot of his joy, a lot of Seth's joy 
in what's happening to him is something that it, it demonstrates exactly what I'm talking about. That fear everyone else has around him and about him um, versus the joy he has with it is that like he's learning and discovering something new and different. Even though it's eating him alive. And that's what frightens them yeah. is that if you go towards something new and different, it might eat you alive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When like, you go into that cave, you never yes. know it's going to be there. So yeah, if, that's if a primal you, fear. Exactly. So. Yeah. Cronenberg's uh, so fucking good at this. Yeah. Like he's so good at drawing out our worst fears. Like Stephen King's real good at making us fear everyday sort of things. Mm-hmm. Like he he also has you know it and stuff that's way more out there. Yeah, yeah. But he's real good at making us fear the everyday. Yeah. Cronenberg is good at finding the things that I, I think it might be put this way: the things that we use our other fears to mask. Like, oh wow! Yeah, we use our other fears to not think about the real deep fear. Yeah, yeah, like lizard I, brain fear. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I can yeah. I can be like, oh my fingernails. I can worry about my fingernails, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about uh, am I real? Yeah, <laughs> like, slightly larger issues. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that another huge theme in the movie is the idea of transformation, which obviously we see in a very obvious literal way in mm-hmm. the way that. You know, uh, Seth transforms at the movie, yeah. but there's also a, a number of personal transformations that happen over the course sure, yeah. of the movie that I picked up on that are even little things. Like whenever Seth brings uh, Veronica over uh-huh. and is like, "Do you have anything personal I can put in the pod, like a piece of jewelry or anything like that?" She gives him her stocking, and she's like, right. "I don't wear jewelry." One of the very first things he does for her in their relationship is buy her jewelry. Yeah, I want you to change. I want you to wear jewelry. Yeah, he's trying to change her from the beginning. And that is, in fact, like his ultimate goal is putting her in the teleportation device and changing her completely. At the same time, one of her first remarks on him is that you have like five of the same outfit in your closet. Uh huh. One of the first things she does is goes and buys him like a new jacket and different clothes. She wants him to change. She wants to change him as well. Yeah. His uh, laboratory is actually just like an old warehouse. He has changed it into a laboratory. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He sleeps... On a sofa that transforms into a bed. Well, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Transformations uh, left transformation. and right. <laughs> he, he's, he's got a Transformers poster up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, uh, while you were talking, because uh, you talked about the, the stocking, the other quibble I had with teleportation is when he teleports the stocking, the uh, computer screen, which awesome 80s computer screen of course yeah you always i want like i wish there was a theme for mac os x yeah, that please. was 80s computer screen and that as, as text goes across it's yeah. like yeah it always makes that noise i would love it if no matter what you plugged it into it had an outline of that thing and somehow like there were bars on the side letting you know if you were opening it yeah sure like die hard i'm okay with that very okay with that but the thing was it when he uh, teleported the stocking, it's uh, it says ATP count. The ATP count should have been extremely low or zero because it's a synthetic thing. There's no ATP in a synthetic thing. There may have been some skin cells or some uh, like hair, hair follicles. follicles or something. But yeah, so That's it would be like a real low ATP count, but it was like right. 400 million or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> hey, all right, four eyes. Cool it down over here hey, with this science stall right. here. All right. <laughs> 
just because I can't see well. You guys. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I got out of the movie that, I don't know, this might be me just looking way too much into this and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think that there is somewhat of a message about this. I think that it also sort of plays with some maybe primordial fears about pregnancy and reproduction. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, she finds that she's pregnant. There's this big thing in the movie about maybe she has an abortion, which right. for a movie that came out in the mid-'80s, right. pretty daring shit. Right, and the, and the doctor was being exactly the type of doctor you wouldn't want to have if you have an abortion where yeah. he's like are you sure you want to do this little lady maybe take some time to think about Pray it about it women are taciturn <laughs> oh shit but one thing that i get out of it is and this is something that has crossed my mind as somebody that is not interested in having kids mm-hmm. and also knows that my family line Mm-hmm. is uh, uh, chock-a-block with, with problems. Tons yeah. of addicts all over right. my family. All kinds of stuff like that. Just kind of a lot of negatives where I'm like, I don't really think uh, my bloodline should probably go on as the mm. strongest genetic material. Right. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I see Jeff Goldblum being eaten alive by this virus thing, and he's like begging her to keep the kid because it's almost like he thinks... If I have a baby, I can fix what's wrong with me. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, the baby will a, be the one that, that gets it right. It is an unconscious thought a number of people who have babies Yeah, have, Yeah, exactly. Doing this will fix I'll turn this and that right. Yeah, like, I, I blew my life yeah. doing pills and right. smack, but I'll fix this and, mm-hmm. and that'll make it right, which is a very real thing. Ain't a bad way to raise a child. Oh, just horrible. A real terrible just way to raise a child. Just a real bad way to yeah. do it. You want to raise a Todd Marinovich, look that one up. I don't know what that means. Todd Marinovich was raised by his dad to be a quarterback from day one. Did he do it? Uh, yeah, and he uh, became an extreme drug addict because his life had been controlled by an insane person. Is in, Woo! Uh, the second he was able to make his own choices, he made bad choices. Aye! Because he'd never been given the possibility of making choices. Lord don't do mercy. that to your kids. Maybe don't do that. That's yeah. a, You know what, Steve? That sounds like a pretty good call. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But then also Gina Davis is like seeing these problems might continue on in the next generation. Mm-hmm. I should put a stop to this. Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, that's exactly like, right. She's talking about the disease he has and how it may affect the kid. Yeah. And like, and again, that might be like living with somebody who like, we were kind of comparing him to like right, a heroin yeah. addict or something where it's just like, I don't know. I think he's going to inherit the sins of the father here. Right. You get pregnant with, a baby through someone and you find out this big dark secret about them yeah and you start to think oh, is a child gonna have that which like, what a horrifying fe- very real fear that must yeah. be well i mean but that that could be even i like that could be with just things like uh alzheimer's or stuff like i know like uh, for me with my wife her her grandmother was suffering from alzheimer's and like her mom worries about it so much oh yeah and and uh my wife she worries about it from time to time where it's oh, just yeah. like that could be something that happened like we share genetics yeah and it's as though that that it's not a virus or maybe it is i'm not exactly sure what yeah, alzheimer's it could, is it could just be bad code that's right but yeah. that can be inside me and can be activated right exactly it's yeah. frightening and it's like i know that if i had if i had kids i know that the possibility for them to become raging wild addicts like a lot of the people mm-hmm. in my family have been yeah any of that could turn around and 
end up in my generation. I totally kids, get know? that. Like, it's just, it, that is the scare. Like, procreation is scary. Yeah. It's scary to think, what if they are like me? You know what I mean? What if they are? Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that 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 is something parents often have to go through where they have the kid that is so much like them that it's hard to raise that kid because sure. you're like, I know what you should do because I've been you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you have to make your own choices. Right. Yeah. I think this movie deals with those things. I mean, usually it just seems like people are talking about, yeah, the, the aging or the addiction thing or whatever. But I think that the pregnancy and genetic uh, hereditary kind of stuff. Yeah is a very real part of this movie as well. Uh-huh. You know? I think it seems out of... No, out of reach, no I think, think it's way... It's it's right on there. Because um, the, the, the baby thing becomes a big element in the last 30 minutes of the movie. Like, yeah. it's a big... But, like, the, she she's talking about the abortion with uh, the guy we haven't mentioned. What's his name? Stannis Baratheon. That's what I always kept thinking his name was. Stannis. St- Stathis. Stathis. <laughs> but um, it's like it's like Stathis and then a B name yeah, for really, his last so name. It was so much like Stannis, like Stannis Baratheon. Baratheon. He's, she talks about the abortion with him. Then uh, she, she goes to the abortion clinic. Like, this is two separate scenes separated by other story. Then uh, Seth overhears all the talk about her getting an abortion and yeah. uh, abducts her. Yeah. And then there's more talk about abortion. Like, it is... It's a very big element of the movie. A big element yeah. of the last 30 minutes of the movie. And it really is about genetics, about inheriting something, something that is viral. In, in the, not in the sense of being of a virus, but viral in the sense of uh, being transmitted to you. Well, whether it, it, whether it's just being an asshole, like... Yeah. Bl- you know, whatever Some of my family. Yeah. But then it's like to Gina Davis too. It's like, holy cow. Like this guy has again, invaded my body mm-hmm. with potentially horrible things that are going to be passed yeah. on to this child. That is a very real, very fucked up fear. Yes. And yeah. Gina Davis does an awesome job in this man. Oh, she's so good. She's uh, the dude, car- Gina Davis rocks. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about it more, uh, with our next week episode. But yeah, uh, and the reason why we're doing our next week's episode is because <laughs> she was married to Rennie Harlan. That she was. <laughs> yeah. So you can go ahead and start taking guesses as to what our next episode is. But, <laughs> Old uh, Rennie Harlan. She was married to Rennie Harlan, and that was kind of the end of her career. Like, I, I don't know if she left voluntarily from... Yeah, I don't know. I know she... You know, she did... Um, uh, One Kiss Goodnight, Cutthroat oh, Island. Yeah. She, she did some stuff through the early 2000s. Yeah. She also... Um, uh, trained to be an archer and oh, ended right. up like yeah, she's bad almost going to the Olympics. And I think she's like a fucking genius or something yeah, on top of all this. She's great. She's yeah. so awesome. And just gorgeous and a great actress uh-huh. too, man. Yeah. It's, but I, I don't know what happened. Like she got with Rennie Harlan and it was just like I don't know if she had always planned that to just be like, I want to get married and have kids and I'm not yeah, really yeah. interested Drop in continuing. Yeah, because yeah. like, you know, you made enough money. You proved your point. You're good at this. Yeah, sure, Rick Moranis. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Like, I, I mean, if you've proved how good you are and you don't want to do it anymore, more power to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. She does a great job in this, though. She's she, so good, yeah. And the movie is really just basically her, Jeff Goldblum, and Stannis Baratheon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we see it. that doctor briefly, yeah, and then there's the two guys arm wrestling at a bar. Yeah, never arm wrestle. 
the dumb thing, sport. Dumb the thing sport. That happens in this movie happens to regular people all the time. Just go on YouTube, look up arm wrestle arm break, Woo, and you're Nelly. gonna see a ton of videos. Woo. Just ain't arm uncommon. Snapping. It ain't uncommon, no. man. I mean, just think about the physics of that. Take a stick. Mm-hmm. Take a long stick, hold <laughs> it at the base, apply a ton of pressure to the top of the stick. Right. It will break. Eventually. It's, it's very easy to figure out. Right. Dude, when that when that shit goes down, you see that like weird like acid stuff coming mm-hmm. out of his fingertips mm-hmm. and then the guy's wrist breaks. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross, it man. Is. He kind of turns into Spider-Man briefly in this movie. He kind of tends to get some spider strength at yeah, you. He'll he got, come at you spider strong. He he'll, a he'll, little spider he'll punch man-y. a door frame. He'll punch a door frame right out of frame area. He punched it apart. He did. He punched it clean apart. He did. And that moment was the moment that I said, Gina Davis has known this man for two days. Okay, she gets a little attached to him. Way too quick. Pretty fast. Yeah. But he's Jeff Goldblum. I mean, listen, I'm not... I, I am never going to say that someone expressing their frustration by punching an inanimate object is an indication that they're abusive. Yeah. But it is an indication that you're in a situation with somebody who has some issues. Might be living on the yeah. edge, Aerosmith style. Sure. I don't now, know that I, I could ever be mad at anybody for leaving me for Jeff Goldblum. No. Like, if it was no, like, I'm Stathis, leaving you. Come on, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, like, it, if somebody ever like, told me they're leaving me, and I'm like, what? Who is it? And they're like... I met Jeff Goldblum. I'd be like, fair He's enough. an upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Can you but, introduce him to me? Then like, I'm out of your life. Then you could just introduce yourself to people as I'm just below Jeff Goldblum on some people's lists. Me and Goldblum, yeah. Eskimo Brothers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a great conversation <laughs> starter is. right there. You're going to make is. friends, influence others <laughs> right there. Yeah. And dude, Jeff Goldblum wasn't really like a, a, a choice that the producers and stuff wanted for this because they weren't sure I he know, was like yeah. a big enough star right. for this movie. Yeah, and he, he had been... Like he'd been more goofy and stuff up to this. Yeah. Like he Transylvania six five thousand, right? Yeah, whatever. Earth Girls are easy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was before or after this. I think it was before. Buckaroo Bonsai before. Buckaroo Bonsai, yeah. yeah, that was before this. But dude, I could not imagine anybody else in this movie other than no. him. No, the way he's got he's that so deal where he's he's charismatic and he's like obviously very sexy. Yeah, but at the same time, he's he's weird. He's oh yeah, kinda he's a strange, strange man. man. He's odd. Yeah. And then his physicality in this movie is what really stood out for me because the way that he gradually transforms into the fly and starts introducing all these like little yeah the, ticks the little ticks, and stuff yeah. which whenever anytime you see a fly they're they like twitching that. and yeah. going all crazy and stuff he managed to incorporate a lot of those things that just seem very insectile and fly like in his mannerisms. But also, too, he just has a real lightness, a real like litheness in the way that he moves that just seems. I don't know, uh, unnaturally agile and yeah. light on his feet. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's not him d- doing the gymnast moves and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not him. But I, it looked like he may have done the head, the first head handstand. Yeah. That yeah. looked like that was actually him. But then, yeah, they switched the to an actual gymnast. Different. Yeah. But man, like, even as he's transforming into the fly and you see what you know, you know, you're watching a movie, you know, it's the same very well built 34 year old dude that you saw a second ago right. in his, in his, uh, in his boxers right. or in his briefs or whatever uh-huh. he's wearing. He was there. wearing some briefs. You know, it's the same guy under there, but the way that he's playing this incapacitated, feeble, disease ridden creature right. is so ridiculously convincing, man. Yeah. 
It's like you feel his powers wane as mm-hmm. he changes, you know? Like this, uh, I mean, uh, you know how like uh, Charlize Theron and, and Monster got a lot of consideration for being willing to go that yeah. ugly. Ugly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like same for Jeff Goldblum. Like yeah. as an extremely handsome man to just be like, no, I'll go as disgusting as possible. But That's some fucking dedication. He doesn't have to do that. He could just no. be in romantic comedies. He doesn't have to do that yeah, shit. He's, he's just some hunk. Yeah. But then, too, like the fact that he just naturally kind of has those bug eyes and stuff. Yeah. He has this kind of insectoid appearance he naturally anyway. Yeah. He's a mantis-ish type yeah. of guy. Yeah. got that Zorax kind well, of Even about when him. we first see him, he does sort of like lean forward a little. Like he, and you could play it off as like, oh, he's a scientist type. So he's just kind of a like has bad posture or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he does, he does start out a little insectoid and then just gets more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. Good actor. So he's he's cool. really great. Yeah, the guy that plays Stathis does. Uh, he does a good job. His, oh, yeah. his character's not. I don't think supposed to be super likable. No, exactly. he's supposed to be terrible. He's terrible. He shows up at her apartment and takes a shower. Yeah, like, he's a fucking creep. She's like, "Can I have my key back?" And he's like, "I think I'll keep it." Right. That's fucking like, he creepy. Fucking he he threatens her basically with he was going to publish stuff about, um, uh, Seth. Yeah. Way ahead of time, which would have hurt both Seth and her overall like project of yeah. trying to write an article about this teleportation, teleportation thing. thing yeah. yeah. So he's like threatening her with that. Like he's just a real dick, but he's like, it's hard to be good at acting as a dick. And this guy does a great job. Of yeah. It. He does a good job of he's it. He's still doing about a shit. He was just in the most recent American horror story. Oh really? Season. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's been around for a long time, but his character kind of goes through a couple of odd changes. Cause at first he is just this very hateable dick guy. Yeah. But he does. He kind of saves the day. He's, he's the type of guy that nowadays is online complaining about how, uh, he doesn't have the right forehead structure for women to want to have sex. With him <laughs> and probably how that. women are all wrong and bad. Yeah. He's probably one of those. Cause kinds of like guys. he's super shitty to her. Yes. And then like he sees his moment to be the white knight. And it's like, is he concerned for her or does he think it's going to make him look good right, by yeah, saving her? Yeah. Like, I, you just don't trust him. No. So, no. yeah, he does kind of like he he does save the day. So it doesn't matter what his actual motive was. Yeah. Like the ends can justify the means in that case. Well, but it's still like, and when we I say don't know what, what of a good the, guy. He was. When we say save the day, we mean he brought the gun. Right. Well, he the, he shot the the connector to her pod okay yeah you're right, you're right yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's true so he that's did true. save her but yeah no she's yeah. the one who shot seth and, and when he gets his hand like melted oh. off by the vomit oh my god oh, and his foot too the yeah, foot, foot severing too. was just that awful. was insane that was so gross he's in the second one and i remember seeing the second one as a kid and i was gonna say but i haven't seen, seen the sequel. it since no yeah and that effect is very reminiscent of like the melting Nazi faces. Yes. Yeah. It looked a lot like it. Yeah. yeah. And I think they did the same deal where it was like wax heated up by lights yeah. and they showed it in fast motion and yeah. stuff. Extremely the effective. Bike. I mean, dude, it's That's like, do it. try telling me that those Nazis with the melting faces in Indiana Jones don't still look awesome. They, they still, still look, look fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. Man. I mean, it, it does, does, it doesn't look natural, but it looks great. Yeah. Like it really gets the effect across where you're like, that's maybe what a f- melting face would look like. Yeah, yeah. And in this, I have like, no idea. <laughs> maybe if this guy's foot got 
vomited on vomit by, dropped yeah yeah man fly acid <laughs> maybe that's what it would look like i don't know the vomit like if seth brundle had in fly form become a professional wrestler his finishing move the would vomit, be the vomit drop, drop yeah i like that very yeah. much <laughs> hey but side note about razzlin razzlin i watched a, a compilation of um of the hardy boys Oh, really? The other day. Uh, that's a great choice. And I'll tell you They're what. insane. Those boys could take some bumps. Um, My I God. Watched, this is just coincidental. I watched Jeff Hardy and uh, uh, Devon Dudley. WWE has this thing on their YouTube channel yeah. where it's, it's basically like a react thing. They have two of the wrestlers involved with a match sit and watch the match no and shit. like talk about it and it's it's Jeff Hardy oh. and Devon Dudley talking about all those bumps it's fucking dude amazing. I have to watch yeah, that that's on YouTube that yeah it's on their YouTube holy channel. shit yeah that's funny you mentioned that the Dudley boys I watched the Dudley boys compilation yeah, thing too. again a great choice <laughs> and D- Devon and who's the other one Bubba Ray, Bubba Ray. Yeah. yeah dude they those guys used to just get annihilated in yeah, the ring. They were badasses. Like Fucking ECW, awesome. they brought. They were the only ones that were really able to bring ECW to WWF. Yeah, like they because the Taylor Lauzen chairs matches between them. And oh, the, the TLC stuff, dude. And then them, the Hardys and Edge and Christian. Yep, yep. I watched. I watched oh, clips God. from those matches. Unbelievably so brutal. Fucking good. Holy shit! So good, <laughs> man. I want to watch more. Speaking of body horror, yeah. like, <laughs> no shit. You want some light body horror? <laughs> Or watch those table ladders and chair yeah. matches. <laughs> you know, an interesting thing about this movie too, Steve, is that it really doesn't have a hero. Who's the hero? No. Who's the villain in this no, movie? No, it's just a story. It's, it's a story of science. Yeah, exactly. Science is the triumph. Like, we learned something. <laughs> the end. That's basically it. <laughs> I would I would accept if the ending had been David Cronenberg. Like, it just froze Right there, as she, after she shot him, then David Cronenberg walks out in front of the screen and says, "You see, science. <laughs> science is the victor here." <laughs> Credits. <laughs> the end. What do you think about the ending, where it's just she shoots him, she kind of screams, and that's it? I, I think it's perfect. There were like three other endings that they yeah. had, and I saw one of them. Right? Did you see the butterfly baby? The butterfly ending? baby. Yeah, ending. she basically she's still pregnant, and she has a dream where. She's sleeping next to Stathis. Yeah, so yeah. she's apparently going to get him, back with Stathis. He sucks, which makes no sense. Yeah, um, and and she has this dream about a baby that she has, and the baby has butterfly wings. It kind of flies away, like flies away. It's um, very strange. That, yeah, uh, there were a couple versions of that. There was one version where you know she wakes up and she uh, Stathis wakes up too, and he's like, "Oh no, you're not pregnant," and she's not pregnant. And oh, then there was another version where, like, they, that's just the end. The baby flies away. The end. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'm glad there was any that they did. Yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, there was another. There was like, there were so many ideas that came from this. Like, there is a sequel to this that uh, is actually directed by Chris Wallace, the oh, wow. special, special effects, effects guy. guy. Nice. Yes, and I do recommend it, even though I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I remember liking it as okay. a kid. I'll but watch it. It, may, it might not be great, but there were other possible sequels, and like they've been throughout the time since then. They've all been in different levels of development. Rennie Harlan wanted to do. Oh, Rennie! Yeah, 
Rennie Harley wanted to do a sequel ignoring the other sequel called Flies. And it was <laughs> it was gonna star Gina Davis and she was gonna have she was gonna still have been pregnant and then she was gonna have twins. Okay. Yeah. Um there were a couple other attempts, but the one that matters the most to me is that David Cronenberg uh, said in 2008 and then like throughout up to like 2012 said that he had an idea for a sequel to the fly and David Cronenberg famously just has always refused to make sequels to his movies but he had this he had this idea and he wanted to go for it and for, unfortunately unfortunately it stalled in production and now we're getting a remake of the fly oh seriously yeah. A remake? Yeah. I. So Could we I, call it The Why instead? <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll address that in a second. But this is funny because after we watched The Fly the other night, I uh, was talking to Emily and I was like, uh, I was like, 1986. I'll, we're coming close to 35 years since it was coming out. And mm-hmm. Hollywood loves zeros and fives. Oh, yeah, of course. So 30, 35, 40. I was like, remake I time. bet you there's going to be a remake in 2021. And then I looked it up and there's a remake currently Come like on. in development. Now, the people attached to it, I'm interested in. Um, it's JD, uh, JD Dillard and it's co-written by Alex Thurer. And they're, these, they're independent guys who also have worked in other areas. JD Dillard has worked in special effects and Alex Thurer has worked in like um, just all sorts of places but editing and stuff like that so they're they're filmmakers who know film they've done they could do so and and honestly like this was less than 30 years after the original i don't know it could be good but i I, I don't know like pet cemetery eh, i'm just i'm fine if they're gonna make the remakes but like i feel like well like with pet cemetery i was cool with it because i was like i didn't like the original but this one is like it's such it's a already good so movie. fucking good. I just don't know how. Like, you'd have to just do something completely different called The Fly, just like Cronenberg did. Like, mm. just don't connect it to the Cronenberg Fly. Right. Just be like, all right, it's a guy who gets merged with fly DNA. Let's do our own take on that. Mm-hmm. Not the exact same thing that just happened. Or I think maybe in the new one, what ends up happening is there's like a new Snapchat filter. It, that turns people into bug-eyed fly people, and a guy <laughs> gets merged with it in real life. That actually sounds like something that might happen. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't even put that idea out into the ether, because that's exactly what's going to fucking yes. happen with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, you know... And again, all I'm just imagining is, okay, yeah, fucking garbage CGI and a less charismatic cast and all that jazz. It's not going to make a better movie, so... I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. Every now and then we get those remakes that are great. I mean, this is... And some people's eyes a remake, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I've not ever seen the original one from like fifty eight no, or whatever. I, well, I've seen it. I have seen when they reveal him as the fly. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. Like, oh, I have a fly head. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Very, and he's very in like a campy. trench coat. Yeah, like, just a huge fly head. Man, in a he's corny. Coat. He looked yeah. corny. What do you think about the soundtrack in this flick? Oh man, uh, fucking awesome, yeah, man. Like. I don't know why it would be good though. Like it's just some no name dude. Yeah, right. you know somebody you've probably never heard of. Pretty, pretty underground. He's worked on some movies. Done a few. Like maybe the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he did like. I've all the seen. Movies. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. Like no, nah, he's great. Uh, this was like it's. It starts 
with a, a bigger musical sort of sting than I thought it would. Yeah. Like, also very it, it uncharacteristic. It comes in real dramatic. Yeah. And it's yeah. a full orchestral score, not yeah. a synth score as was yeah. popular at this time with other flicks. It's like kind of like after John Carpenter was just like, you know what you can put in horror movies? Synth soundtracks. They're cheap and they're awesome. This has a full orchestral score and it's killer. It really is. It really is. It goes, it, it does, it goes bigger than the, say, like, you know, the Friday the 13th or any John Carpenter yeah. movie. Yeah, it goes so much bigger and so much grander. Kind of more like what you'd get out of a Hellraiser. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it did. Yeah. That's actually pretty spot on. Like, yeah. it, it reminds more of uh, that first Hellraiser movie. Yeah. yeah. It was Christopher Young, I think, did that. Yeah, that was Christopher Young. Yeah. There was an opera, uh, 2000. Okay, uh, you sent me a link to this, and I didn't get to watch it earlier because yeah. I was teaching. There was the Fly Opera. Because the thing is, is whenever you're whenever you're watching this, and you're going, okay, there's basically three people in this movie, and there's maybe four different sets, like lab, restaurant, doctor's office, uh, science convention at the first, like yeah. mall. There's a shopping mall scene. Right. Like there's basically minimal sets and minimal actors in this. You could sit here and go, yeah, this would be an easy one to make into a play. They made an opera. Yeah, Howard Shore wrote an opera. I mean, what? It's, it, and it's not musically related to his uh, score. Oh, for this really? Movie. So Howard Shore just, I don't know. I guess he saw something in it. He wanted it to be an opera. I think he worked with like Pavarotti or something. Oh, Pavarotti. Yeah. yeah but like, uh, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, Cronenberg was like all for it. Like, of really? course he is. Why wouldn't he want the fly to be an opera? That yeah, sounds sure. like the world he lives in. Like in his head, the fly yeah. was, was an opera. Yeah, it already was. What do you mean? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, fine. If you want to make it again, you want to make a fly porn parody. The original was already porn. <laughs> It's all sexual. You wouldn't even have to change the name technically for a porn parody. Yeah. Just the fly. I mean, <laughs> zip. Talk, talking about zipper. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, man. How was that opera received? Oh, uh, pretty well. Yeah. It was performed in France first, um, and then has been performed in L.A. Huh. It's okay. been perce- received pretty well. I th- though the bit I saw was like. Uh yeah, corny. <laughs> corny <laughs> is the exact. I way would to imagine look at this. so. I yeah. would imagine so, man. Dude, it's a it's it's a fucking awesome movie. I love it. It's this crazy flesh obsessed. Uh huh. The flesh. All that flesh. Flesh is such That's a big his favorite deal. word. He loves that flesh. You think you taught me about the flesh? He says. You need to drink deep from the plasma pool or drink whatever deep. he says. I that is his delivery of that. I know was in. Same because he, he was, seems to really believe what yeah. he's saying, and you're like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" <laughs> he, he's just like, because he knows. Because I, I don't know. Because like Jeff Goldblum is, he is. Um, I think if Jeff Goldblum and Nicolas Cage were to meet, they would merge into one God Man. I want to put them in two pods and merge yeah. them together. Yeah, yeah because. They both take the most insane risks, and it's like Jeff Goldblum is the golden boy where it always works out for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And Nick Cage is like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck is happening? 
but they're both so compelling yeah like, and they're both the same person all the time yes, all the time which is you don't know what they're gonna be exactly yeah though i hear meeting jeff goldblum is a treasure like the man yeah. is just very kind to everyone and very funny dude he's the best i love him he's love a king of kings mm-hmm. I love this movie, dude. Like, I, I had watched this once before. I think I'd only seen this one yeah. time before this. And it would have been... Man, that would have been, like, while I was in college. It's been forever ago. Yeah. So, watching this uh, the other night, it might as well have been for the first time. There's, right. like, just scant elements that I kind of remembered. Yeah. But the whole arc of the story and a lot of the memorable scenes, I had totally forgotten. I will watch this movie many, many more oh, times. Yeah. It's again, it's so well paced. Uh-huh. It has nothing that it doesn't need. This is a perfect you have trimmed off every bit of fat possible from this movie. And you know what? A movie doesn't have to be two hours and fifteen minutes no. long. Yeah. Just that especially new, with horror, I think a yeah. lot of times you benefit from an hour, twenty, hour thirty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you really have something to fucking say, if you are Hereditary or The Shining. Mm-hmm. Take yes. your time with it. Take two and a half hours, yeah. please. If you can deliver that, that's fine. Yeah. There are a lot of horror stories that can be told in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much where this and weighs this is in. Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. I can't really think of anything they could trim from this movie to make it better. No, I wouldn't take anything out. And I, I'm like, uh, I'm honestly struggling here because like, I don't want to just flash a 10 at this movie, but yeah. like, how, what is wrong with this movie? Is what what would I have done differently? Like, it it doesn't it doesn't Gina pass the Bechdel test, but it didn't need any more characters. Though I actually does it, it? technically make okay because the, for the Bechdel test to pass the Bechdel test, two women need to talk about something other than a man. Yeah, would it technically be? Is she talking about something other than a man when she tells? The girl from the bar about the teleportation device, be afraid, be very afraid. You're probably right. Technically passes the Bechdel test. She's not talking Shit. about him. I thought She's about She's talking that. about the teleportation device. Which, P.S., had no idea that that's where that line came from. Yeah, famous line, just throwaway line. Yeah, I had yeah. no clue uh-huh. that that's where that was from, uh-huh. is Gina Davis in this fucking yep. movie crazy man it's also uh, remember the part where she's crying and he says there's no crying in Brundlefly." oh yeah that's right that famous line there's no crying in Brundlefly." that's in here too mm-hmm. that's right that's uh-huh. right an iconic film from top to bottom <laughs> i love this movie yeah i do too man i do too you know and it's like you're saying i can't think of really anything i would add or necessarily take away from it that could possibly improve it. Incredible special effects. Mm-hmm. Great cast. Very likable and dislikable characters. A lot of gray area here. Yeah, I dig it. I think this is a solid... I'm going to toss this a niner. A I'm niner. Gonna, I'm going to say nine. Okay. I think for me, I mean, because like... This is an enjoyable watch too. Like, yeah, you know, it is. It's, it's not a grueling. It, 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 that's something not. I forgot to it's mention just, too. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, there's some humorous well, yeah, stuff in here. Jeff Goldblum's gonna be in there. He's gonna say something funny and charming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is she. Uh, Gina Davis as well has her funny and charming lines. Like yeah. they uh, even Stathis says some stuff that's like, yeah, no, it's funny. Like it's got the humor throughout. Um, it's it's got that body horror. It's got just. I don't know, man. Like, I would say maybe the knock against it is that it actually, uh, I don't feel fear because of it. 
Yeah. Like it it doesn't scare me as a movie. It intrigues me. Yeah. It draws yeah, yeah. me in. Some of those things it are real gross yeah. and disgusting, but it, I don't know if it it doesn't hit um it doesn't hit like the exact fear button. Yeah. As I'm watching it, I'm just trying to figure it out more than anything. So it's not perfect, but I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can totally back that, man. I look forward to uh, hearing what our viewers' thoughts on this movie were. You guys be sure to let us know. If you're listening to this on YouTube, let us know in the comments. If you're listening on your podcast app of choice, be sure to rate and view on iTunes. And then drop us some feedback over on that Facebook group and let us know what you think about this movie. You can find it by looking for Dead and Lovely on Facebook. Just try. You'll find it. Yeah, Yeah, I think it'll probably be the first thing that pops up. Very likely. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at DeadLovelyPod. And we got a Gmail account. It's DeadAndLovelyPod at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. Now, Steve, what are we going to be talking about on the show next week? Rennie Harlan's masterpiece, Nightmare (laughs) on Elm Street 4. Uh, Yeah. Yes. It is. I mean, it, it probably is the best thing he's ever done. And we've had a bit of a theme this month, too, like where it's been about death, dying, and bodies breaking down. Okay, yeah. And Nightmare on Elm Street actually brings in some of that body horror. It kind of does. That wasn't there before. You're not wrong about that. I'll look forward to hearing all of your thoughts on it next week on the show. So you guys be sure to tune in then for Nightmare on Elm Street. Part four, be watching so you can take in this review with a fresh, fresh glow upon this movie. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. It's not like, it's not terrible, but not it's mind okay. blowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys as always for listening. You all have been just, I mean, just the delight of my life. You really light up my world. Oh, you bunch of dead and lovelies. Meanwhile, we have been Uncle Ben on Hollywood Steve. And we'll catch you guys next time on Black Ben Blog Blee. Blah, blah. Blah. Return to fly, return to fly with Zoe de Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Zoe Deschanel to do a Misfits cover album. I would be not okay with that. Not all. okay? Uh, no. Aww, it sounds would not great. be for me. Sounds wonderful. We are 138. <laughs> we are 138. Yep. Mommy, can I go out and kill tonight? Ukulele. <laughs> yeah, I would hate everything about that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you probably wouldn't, but I'd love it. <laughs>